Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 93. I am your host, Serial Sensei, and I'm going to babble off a long intro um, to get off some plugs and announcements real quick just before we get started. Um, so as always, this podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate and subscribe. Um, shout out to Phil, the MMA dude on Twitter. Uh, he gave us a five-star review on iTunes. Appreciate that, my good sir. Um, so be like Phil. Give us reviews. We need them. They help a lot. So shout out to him. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, you can also listen to us on Google Play. You can uh, hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Uh, quick announcement. Uh, I put out the last, uh, I didn't even number it, a podcast episode. But the last episode we put out, or I put out on the SoundCloud page, uh, just addressing some minor changes that'll be uh, happening for this podcast. So uh, music reviews from this point on. Uh, will not be on SoundCloud. I'm starting a new YouTube channel. Um, the channel is technically already created, like that. The the page is there, but there's no video yet <laughs> because I, I have not made the first video because I have yet to. I'm, I'm trying to make it good production value, so I got a logo done, um, but I need to create an intro for the show because um, I just enjoy making intros for shows. This. Uh, I just it's, it's fun to me. Don't judge me, but I like doing it. But I haven't figured out an intro for this show yet. Um, but the channel will be called Sounds Like Fun. I get it. Terrible play on words in regards to music, but that's what it is, so deal with it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the channel will be called Sounds Like Fun. That's why I will be doing music reviews uh, from this point forward, which I have to play catch up with because I haven't reviewed an album since, like, Nas came out. So I, I know I'm pretty behind, but uh, this channel will be good. I'll be able to pump out reviews faster because I'm just going to do them one at a time. There's going to be quick videos, maybe about 10, 11 minutes tops. Get you in, get you out. Um, but I will let you guys know when the channel is af- actually like up and running with content. Um, I'm hoping to complete an intro this weekend and then maybe have the first video uploaded by hopefully like the middle of next week, possibly. But we'll see. So... Just had to uh, get that off, let you guys know what's going on. So, But other than that, man, we got another episode going on. Once again, I'm joined with my co-host, Anta Cool. What's going on, man? Um, uh, just, I, I just want to put it out there, just so everybody knows. Cocaine is a performance-enhancing drug. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you, so when you come to me with... Jo- coked up John Jones beat up DC. <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is a man with superpowers beat up DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Last last night, 
I'm going to just throw that out there before, you know, we, we get to the to, to properly celebrating <laughs> the Dennis man alive. Oh, man. Daniel Corbier. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's 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 a lot. This this is gonna be a fun episode because last night was, you know what? Or you know, I'll I'll see you until we get to the cards. So we we got to get through other little news and stuff. Well, I'll just say this real quick. I think last night was the first time in a while, and maybe it was just me. Maybe I don't know if I was just like excited. I felt like this card didn't drag a lot. Yeah, it was like, good. I, yeah, like I I was looking at the clock, and I mean it was kind of late, but. I wasn't like dead tired just waiting for this card to be over. Even after that co-main event, which we'll get into, <laughs> but like I felt pretty good when the night was over. And I woke up this morning, I was like, I felt refreshed. I rewatched the fights. I didn't, I didn't feel bad. There wasn't like any fight. Oh, all right, there was one fight I didn't rewatch, and you guys know which one I'm talking about without him saying it. But <laughs> yeah, man, good job on this card. It like it, it was a really good card, and uh, it, it didn't. Tire me to death. You Didn't know, bore I, me to I, death. I, I'm, I'm gonna throw a little. Um, I'm gonna throw a little counterpoint. Why did it take 20 minutes to get to the first fight? On, on the main card. Oh. Uh, what? What? Uh, hold on. Who? 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 Oh yeah, because the prelim headliner was the Uriah Hall. Oh, I think. Costa. Yeah, but like. Yeah. The first, like, they didn't start walking out to the cage until about like 10:18. Nah. But, you know, once the fights got going, they got going. And they went right, you know, the, it was right after another. But before that, it was just like, why am I waiting 20 minutes? Or I guess they were just waiting for all the buys to come in. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. But either way, that was one of the few cards I can say this year. This is one of the best pace cards in a while. At least it felt like it. But um, before we get off uh, on UFC 226, there, there will be a lot <laughs> to talk about. Um, we got to go through some few bits of news and fights that have been announced since the last time we recorded. Um, and we'll briefly touch on uh, Tough 27 and Bellator 201. Uh, just kind of like main things that happened from those cars, not going too much in de- detail. But uh, quick news as far as fight announcements and other happenings that have been going on in the MMA world. So I'm just going to run. Oh. No. No. Oh, I thought that was you. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. Um, So I'm just going to run down this list real quick. So, top, um, I guess the biggest news uh, Calvin Gastelum, Robert Whitaker, all but pretty much confirmed for a tough 28. Um, it was interesting. I, I was wondering if Wadman was going to get the shot, but I'm not mad at this at all. I actually think this is a pretty interesting matchup. Um, and to be honest, I would rather see this over Whitaker and Wadman because I think Whitaker gives Wadman the business. That's just my opinion. Whitaker's going to get everybody <laughs> in that division the business. Ex- ex- yeah. Except Joel Romero, who... You know, we'll just be competitive with him until the end of time because he doesn't age. Right. <laughs> but that's that's. I think this is still going to be a pretty pretty awesome fight. I'm 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 looking forward to that. Uh, other uh, notes: uh, just, Korean uh, Thump. Uh, tough twenty eight will be the season of heavyweights and women's featherweight. So look forward to that. 
Mm. That will either be no great or yes. terrible. <laughs> hey man, if if we can at least b- between heavyweight and and women's featherweight, if we can just get like two people that are worth of note, maybe That's it'll be a worth high it. bar. That's a really no, no. <laughs> high bar. If we can get two. And then they don't even need to be world beaters. Just give me two people that I can be like, you know what? I'm going to keep an eye on you. Like, you might be somebody. Tell Rashad Coulter fight everybody on the, like, the heavyweight side. Guarantee fun <laughs> fights. And then maybe I'll care. Oh, man. That that featherweight might be rough. That's... I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, what's mm. her name? Jeanette Cotton? Jeanette Cotton? She's on the on the show, but she's uh, Josette. There we go. The number one headbuster, uh, Cotton. I have to look her up. But oof. But yeah, keep keep an eye out for for tough twenty eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like real quick, is, is the UFC just kind of just getting ridiculous with these with these numbers? Like, I mean, we just have UFC two twenty six. This is really weird, right? Like, are we eventually going to get to UFC, like, 956? Is that where we're going? My man. Tough tough season, like, 35. No, tough tough can't even make it to 30. We got to stop. We we said that after tough tough 10, and we're still here. Heavyweight and women's featherweight, this needs to be the season finale. Not like not I mean not season finale like the the show finale we gotta we gotta close the curtains after this because I, I imagine I want to be optimistic but I imagine this season or that season will not go too well and we we should just see the last of tough just just stick with the contender series man I think that format works so much better we don't we don't need tough we don't need tough but we'll 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 see. But other notes, uh, Korean Zombie is apparently healthy again. Uh, he wants to fight Frankie Edgar. I'm all for it. Uh, no arguments over here. Uh, for UFC Fight Night 134, uh, Davy Grant versus Manny Bermudez. Uh, I'm about to butcher both these names. Nad Naramani versus Khalid Taha, also on 134. Uh, Brad Pickett retired for what? Uh, was it a year, maybe? A couple months? Uh, retired in, like, October. November, not like that. So, his his short retirement uh, has ended. <laughs> He's returning, uh, fighting Jesse Brock at ACB ninety one. March, God. No, uh, so he took a mini hiatus. So he'll be back. So uh, Anthony Smith. Oh. Who retired. All right. <laughs> trying to think who who. Who retires better, fighters or rappers? Yeah, I think we have kind of, I, I I think it's fighters because because they stop getting booked. Like rap, rappers <laughs> now, they can just throw shit up on Spotify. Yeah, that is true. Nobody can really stop like you young, from retiring. Young bug guy right? album coming out with Dr. Dre. Right. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> Um, Anthony Smith and Shogun Hua will be headlining uh, UFC 134. Should be a pretty interesting can, fight. Can you tell the people why uh, this is happening? 
Who, who no, knows? We know why. Because Vulcan Olsener can't leave the United States. <laughs> <laughs> because they tried to pull the ship in Brazil? Was it? Where they tried to make him versus Shogun? Yeah, and they, they and shut, shut that it down. Because he's not allowed to leave the United States. <laughs> because he has a pending charge. Assault charge. From like three weeks before he fought for the title. I mean, but it works out. Because he gets to fight... Well, I, I don't. I, I guess that's cemented. Yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. Him and Gus. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, that's 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 fun. Either way, we. No, the the best of a bad situation. I, I just feel bad. I just I feel bad for like, the Swiss fan who was like, "Oh, they're having a UFC card in Germany, and the the first Swiss fighter to ever fight for a title is going to be on the main event fighting like my favorite Brazilian ever." And then they go and they buy the ticket, and now they're like, "Oh, you have Anthony Smith." Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, the Smith and Shogun fight scares me because, uh, keep in mind, people, man, if Shogun beats Smith, that's a four-fight win streak, and at light heavyweight, that's like a that like equals like a twenty-fight like win streak for ten years. <laughs> right. You're basically Fedor. Shogun. <laughs> Shogun. Shogun might fight for a title. If not in 2018, like early 2019, that that could be a thing. I think it depends on uh, whether DC gets the um, uh, gets the Brock Lesnar fight, which we'll get yeah. to. <laughs> um, other news uh, over in Bellator, um, uh, Winston Duke. For people who don't know, it's the gentleman who played in Baku and Black Panther. Um, he will be playing Kimbo in an upcoming biopic uh, that, as of now, is titled Backyard Legend. So uh, that will be a thing. But shout-out to Winston Duke. Um, if anything, that's pretty much an on-spot guy, I would think, to play Kimbo just in terms of look and, like, build. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that this will turn out so, somewhat decent. Question. Hopefully. Like, are, are they going to document, like, Kimbo being, like, a like a bouncer or like a security guard at, on like porn shooting sites like you have, have to, to like you have to you, you have to post this like you have to go through like because he, he wasn't a youtube star first he was a porn site star first because all his fights got posted to porn sites i mean that's like movie gold like that's that's. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that should be the opening scene, but is it, it should be the opening scene. Kimbo watching two people fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's 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 gonna be a that's gonna be a, an there's, interesting. There's gonna be a lot but, of creative liberties taken with that movie. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. just hoping Baby Slice and the Family get a nice cut. Yeah, and yeah, and in all seriousness, like I, I hope this does turn out to be something good. Like, I know people felt how they felt about Kimbo, but and if you, you did, know, if you did like always, Kimbo, you were a bad person. I'm sorry. Yeah, like I just looked at Kimbo like, listen, man, he 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 had an opportunity and he took it and he rolled the wave literally until it ended. And I I don't know how you can be mad. Dude, put his freaking kid to school. Yeah, do do uh, just fighting in play, like, and like he had no business fighting in the UFC, and no business fighting on TV, but he did. He he 
He brought he made his street happen. level beef with Dada Five Thousand to the masses. Did <laughs> some pretty good numbers. Like academics, DJ academics wishes he could do that. <laughs> hey man, Ken Kimbo. Yeah, I, I I hope that movie turns out good though. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, also at UFC 227, Brett Johns will be taking on Pedro Munoz. Uh, UFC Fight Night 135, Michael Johnson will be taking on Andre Philly. Uh, I don't have the card for this fight, but James Vick uh, will be taking on Justin Gaethje. Um, Paul Daly, this isn't official, but he's accepted a call-out from Joe Schilling, so I'm assuming at some point down the line that will be a thing. Um, other news, we... Uh, uh, Winston Duke or Brigham oh my god he's gonna say baby nuts (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming they're gonna cover Kimball's fight career so they have to cover at least one of his professional fights so if we're picking one fight to cover, which fight are we covering? And who's playing the person that he's fighting? Are they going to do the Seth Pritchard fight? Or the Houston Alexander fight? Or her getting beat up on tough? Ah, oh, you got to do the Houston Alexander fight. It's just him there. How are they going to romanticize that? They're going to make an all-out war. <laughs> and then have like, the iconic scene of just both of them like hands on their knees exhausted. <laughs> Houston Alexander can still play Houston <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> oh, man. I hope they get Seth Petrozelli. That would be a good one. Yeah, you know what? You, you have to have all the guys because you have to be capable. You have to have conflict. So you have to have, you have, to yeah, have yeah, that and fight. And then you can go do his, like, seven pro boxing fights that he just did, like a gymnasium in Miami. Oh man, I forgot about. Oh, I forgot about that. Kimbo was yeah. an active fighter when Bellator pulled him back. To TV. <laughs> oh man, God, yeah, I, I I can't wait to see who's. I'm interested to see who's directing this this movie. I'm I'm really really interested to see how that's. Speaking of Kimbo's life, it's very unfortunate that he passed when he did. Because if he if he had survived another couple of years, we might have gotten Kimbo Slice versus Chuck Liddell. Ooh, yeah. we're gonna get to that in a quick <laughs> second. The the only other news I had before we get to that, um, <laughs> Andre Pettinaris, uh is stepping down as head coach of Nova Uniao, but it's it's not what you think. Um, What's the other place he's going to? Well, Upper, Upper Arena? Is the, um, so, like, the, I, we've all seen, like, footage of, like, Hennon Burrell and Jose Aldo training in that little white room. Like, we're, we're just, like, where they're all, like, all the Nova New York fighters that, like, piled on top of each other. Uh, like, even TJ Dillashaw pointed out after his, after he beat Hennon Burrell, like, it's just a really small room that doesn't fit being, you know, a world-class pro fighter. So what Upper Arena is, is um, I guess Pioneers realized that this was, a, you know, having your gym above a, wa- like, I think they were above a laundromat or something for, like, years. But um, what he did is he built this arena where they host Shooto Brazil, but it's also a gym for, like, the Nobu Nyao fighters. So what he's going to do is he's going to open up Upper Arena so that 
fighters that want to pay him to come and train there and, like, get advice from him can, I guess, go there. So, like, there's, there's no... I'm not, I don't think... I'm not sure if, like, Novin has a thing. Or, or, like, who's in charge of it now or whatever. But, like, if you're a pro fighter and you want to go train at Upper Arena and, you know, slide Andre Penn there, it's a little cash for some advice while he's there. Like, that's the new setup, I think. So, all Upper Arena is is basically Novin new training ground. Yeah. So... He'll be operating that, so he's still yeah, in he's the still game. He's still promoting for Shooter uh, Brazil, apparently. So, you know, he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. So, be on the. Uh, well, we'll see maybe if he, you know, spawns some new talent from that. Last bit of news. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even complain about this because I'm already on record being an advocate for this fight. <laughs> Chuck Liddell. Tito Ortiz 3. The magic is back, uh, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Under, what was it going to be, on a Golden Boy yeah, MMA? Fine. Sure. <laughs> go, something something like under, that, I, I think. Go- like, there's so many levels to this fight that are just straight out stupid. <laughs> like, the fact that it's under Golden Boy MMA, the fact that Chocotel's coming back, period. <laughs> the fact, I, I, I don't even know if you saw this. Um, did you see Tito's like financial setup? No. So, <laughs> Tito Ortiz is going the full Sergey Kovalev two uh, Andre Ward two route, where he's not taking any money, like a purse. All his fight, all his like all his payment is going to be is pay per view revenue and live gate. So if this pay per view bombs, he makes, he makes <laughs> nothing. Ah, uh, rightfully so. <laughs> 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 because none of us, should, none of us should be entertaining this foolery, myself included. <laughs> but we will because it's amazing. Because yeah, that's the nature and, um, of the I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, there's there's uh, there's some footage out there. Liddell hitting those pads. And, One um, of these men have a cracked skull that's being held together by like crazy goo and staples, and somehow he's the healthier <laughs> fighter here. <laughs> oh boy, this fight! I'm gonna feel terrible about myself after like, this fight that is over. Clip of like Liddell hitting the pads, man. like. Like, this Liddell is... was never the most, like, fluid dude. But, like, yeah. but there he has, like, the fluidity of, like, a, a cement block. Like, yeah. Like, he's straight up on, like, grip. Like, those leg kicks were a struggle. Like, he had to use all of his willpower to get that leg just, like, two inches off the ground. It was... Whew. But that's going to be a thing. And um, I'm in too deep. I've I've talked too much about the fight, so I'm I'm kind of invested. So I will be watching because I just enjoy train wrecks, and this this might be the biggest one. <laughs> Very poorly. Yeah, this this <laughs> the sport might get banned after this. <laughs> We're gonna go. This is gonna send us back. It. Yeah, yeah. We we might go back to the dark ages after this. This, what, ha- is, see, this so. is what happens when people don't uh, get attached to new fighters. The old ones stick. Yeah. 
for, for way too long, way past their welcome. That's because of people like me. I laugh and joke about this until one of them doesn't wake back up. <laughs> I want to make a joke, but I'm not going to make it on there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that be. We'll leave that be. But, um, yeah, Chuck Tito 3, that's, that's going to be a thing. Um, so, real quick, before we get into UFC 226, um, two other cards we'll briefly uh, just talk about real quick. Um, we want to start with Bellator or the tough uh, finale. Bellator. All right. So Bellator 201. This actually went down uh, June 29th. Uh, headlined by Alima Lay McFarlane and Alejandra Lara. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. I'll be honest. I watched this card, but I only watched it once, and I don't remember a ton <laughs> of what happened on this card. Um, I guess we'll just start with the main event. Uh, Lima Lay McFarland defended her title. Is this the first defense? Okay, yep. Uh, against Alejandra Lara. Um, I just remember McFarland. Uh, it's ground game, pretty much. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how this fight went. Like she, she gets you on the ground, and it's, you know, it's not a good time, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I don't know, was it first round, second? She got a... Uh, no, 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 third, yeah, third round armbar. Um, so she moves to 8-0. and um, Yeah, I, I, I want to see her, her stand-up just get a, a bit better. I think it leaves a little... It's not, it's not terrible, but it's, you know, it's not great at the same time. But either way, like, when she gets you on the ground, it's, it's you know... Good luck. Good luck to you. So, um, so she moves on to 8-0. Um, either way, good performance from her. Um, very, very, very solid 125-er. Um, like, I think what Bellator's done yeah. with their 125 division, um, I, I kind of hope they have some more talent coming up the pipe because I, I know they have, um, you know, Valerie Returnal's probably going to be next to the title, but I couldn't tell you who would be after that. Yeah. But, uh, like, I'm 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 a woman that Lima Lee McFarland man like she's fun to watch she seems she's a good person like if you're tired of all like the the negative headlines you see in MMA like go follow Lima McFarland she's out here putting indigenous women through uh, Central and like the South uh, Central America and the South Pacific to school so yeah sucks for Alejandro Laura. Um, especially sucks because I think this came either a couple days before or a couple days after Colombia lost in the World Cup. Oof. So not only did they lose their first major like MMA like title uh, challenge, they're also the team that let Britain um, beat them to get back to the semifinals. So right. or whatever round it was, yeah. tough, tough, tough times. <laughs> if, if, if you're Colombian, they're all tough times. But shout out to McFarland though, really good performance. Eight and zero. Yeah, like you said, I'm pretty sure her and Laterno, which we'll get to in a second, uh, will probably be next. Uh, just other notable fights that happened on here that I kind of somewhat remember. Uh, Sadawad beat the brakes off of Ryan Couture. <laughs> I feel like keep Ryan Couture around just, just to like let him get beat up because he's Randy's kid. 
Yeah, he's he's like, out he's here getting uh. Really hates Randy Couture and he's like getting revenge. Brian. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's he's out here getting paddled, man. This is but good good on the wide. He's still out here laying laying waste to people. Dude's um, been out here for a minute, right? Like he's a like he's a Billy Tour OG. I think he he should be not too far from a title fight. I feel like I don't think he did. I'm pretty sure he was. Oh lord. Okay. All right. Well, he's on a fight win streak. If Michael, if Michael Chandler isn't sticking around, I say why not? Yeah, I, I think he's earned this spot. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Laterno, uh, rally Laterno fought Christina Williams. Um, this is actually a really fun fight. Um, it's very violent. Just lots of violence back and forth between those two. Uh, but Letourneau, uh came out the victor. So, yeah, one would assume she's probably next uh, in line to fight McFarlane. Um, I don't remember much else from this card. One, um, uh, Archuleta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullied Peralta for two rounds. <laughs> And proceeded to just knock his head clean off. Yeah. With a very nice... <laughs> the setup to the KO punch was, was, was oh, pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, like the tap, the front knee. Come up yeah. Top with the overhand. Top. He just blasted him. And yeah, he sent Peralta to another planet. Um, I guess the only other things of note... Uh, I didn't watch any of these other fights, but I'll just mention them. Uh, Carrie Ann Taylor Melendez, wife of Gilbert or Giblert Melendez, as Reebok affectionately calls him, uh, got a submission rear naked choke over Tiani Vale. Um, Ed Ruth uh, won a TKO over Andy Murad. I didn't watch this fight, but somebody told me he didn't. Um, that's, that's about her. Uh, or, or not that he didn't look great, but like his, his strike. I mean, it, it, it looks like a dude has been doing it for two years. Like It, 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 it was a lot more... Murad can't really hit me very hard. He's undersized, and I'm the bigger, more athletic dude, so I'm going to just, like, throw ones and twos in, mm. in, in like, in chain combos. But, like, it, nah. it wasn't great, but I'm, I'm happy Ruth is finding, like, getting comfortable throwing punches. Because that, that, that's a big thing. Or else you end up like Kamaru Usman, who, you know, just, just seems, like, reluctant to throw anything. Yeah. Well, he's moving along. I, I, you know. I know Coker was talking about throwing him in that welterweight tournament, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm like, you might want to pump the brakes on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't know if he's ready. I mean, but uh, yeah, I think he's somebody they can keep bringing along. Maybe, slowly. maybe he can out wrestle, dude. But I don't think he can be everybody. So, I mean, that's yeah. the type of dude you want to be able to beat everybody because he's going to be the face of your promotion. Yeah, but either way, good on him. He still got the W got either way. Uh, Joey Davis, yeah, got to stop it. Um, Joey Davis, well, I, f- I think he's like one of their uh, prospects yeah, too. I feel like uh, NCAA Division Two wrestler. Uh, yeah, he's the one who's on like the spinning back kicks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so uh, dude's super talented. Uh, trains out of the same gym as uh, AJ McKee Jr. 
But uh, decision win. I think I did watch this fight. I just don't remember it that much. But I remember, like, he is, like, he's he's got a lot of raw talent. He just needs to, you know, cultivate it. Yeah. He, 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 he looks like somebody who can definitely go places. And uh, Tyro Fortune got a TKO over Giovanni uh, Saran. It was exactly like you think a heavyweight wrestler being up a, a smaller, <laughs> weaker, but game heavyweight would look like. So. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, real quick. Um, before we get to Tough 27, something else I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, PFL 3 went went down uh, Thursday. Um, I did not get a chance to watch a lot of this card like I did the other ones. But um, Ray Cooper the third. Uh, this card was that card was headlined by Ray Cooper the third and Jake Shields. Um, Ray Cooper beat the bricks off <laughs> of Jake Shields. It was it was pretty wild to watch. Like. And for people who don't know the backstory, like Jake Shields fought uh, Ray Cooper's dad was like 14 years ago or something like that, <laughs> which tells let you know how long Jake Shields has been out here just grappling people to death. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So yeah, he, he fought he fought Ray Cooper's dad like 14 years ago, and in 2018, the the son came back with a vengeance. And he be be um he laid waste to Jake Shields, man. It it was um it was pretty impressive. Like I, I get it. Like Jake Shields is is older. You know, he's you know his his best days are, are definitely behind him. But he's still Jake Shields. And there haven't been many people who have like completely washed him like that. Like he he got he got white like he face planted. <laughs> Ray Cooper face planted this man, so big shout outs to him, man. That that's a big win over a legend in the sport, and you get to avenge your dad, and you face planted him. Like he he just won on so many. He he just won in every way. Like he he just that that had to have felt. I can't even imagine how good that must have felt. So yeah, shout I, shout outs I to him. I figured Jake Shields was going to win this welterweight tournament, but I figured there was only two ways it could happen. One is, like, what happened, Ray Cooper knocked him out, or two, he would make it all the way to the finals and then get knocked out in, like, three seconds. Right. <laughs> but he got the hey, man. early, so. Yep, tournament will move on well, without him. It's a, it's not like a, it, it's, um, it's a round-robin tournament, right? Like, they all have to fight each other, and then the ones with the most points move on to, like, the next round. Yeah, so, something like that. I still don't completely understand how that format works. I know, like, you get a certain amount of points for finishes, certain amount for decisions, some, some, right. some. But I don't know. What, what I'd imagine you don't get points for getting your, you know, I don't think you get points I, for face planning. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. But either way, man, Ray, Ray Cooper the third, he's, he's out here. Um, and then real quick, uh, we'll transition over to. Oh, and Will Brooks got a win. Is that uh, the same thing? Okay. Uh, don't worry about that then. But he did get a win. <laughs> but uh, and we'll transition real quick to Tough 27 before we get to UFC 226 because um, these both happened like right a day apart from each other. Um, before we get to the main event, just other quick things that happened because uh, I only watched three fights on this card, so I'm just going to mention the fights that I watched. 
Bruce Leroy got a split decision win over Martin Bravo in a pretty fun fight. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi, uh got a pretty um, good win over Barb Honchek. And that is her first UFC win, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. I think. Yeah. She went over... So that's pretty awesome. Happy for her that she got her, her first yeah, UFC W. Right. So that was awesome. But um, do we care about mentioning the Ultimate Fighter people? Yeah, I don't. Uh, that was the Mike Duran. I was trained as Tiger Showman, but yeah, that was a terrible fight from what I heard. So, But this main event, Israel Adesanya and Brad Tavares, um, I didn't get a chance to watch this in real time because I had to work early next morning, but I watched this literally the second my alarm went off. <laughs> I got up, uh, went to an anonymous source to, to find this fight, and uh, I watched it at like 5 o'clock in the morning when I woke up. Um, yeah, man, this this was... Um, I know I was on record of saying I wasn't too sure if this was too soon, but I, I guess all that is put to rest. Um Israel Adesanya is amongst the sharks, and he seems to be swimming pretty well uh, out here. This was—you can't really draw up a better fight. Like I think the only thing he could have did better was get a finish. <laughs> like that's the only other thing he could have done. But like, other than that, this was a a five round just really surgical performance from Adesanya. Like he. He pretty much dictated everything in this fight. Like he dictated range. He he fought on his terms. He picked his shots as as well as he always has. He got himself out of bad situations. I think I think Tavares he did manage to get him down like once, or or twice if I remember. And Adesanya did he found his way back to his feet. Um. Yeah, man. He he just he he picked Brad apart like it it was really <laughs> really beautiful to, to watch this man work um yeah he's here now like i don't, I don't know what else to say like he he's here he's now the number eight doing the vision yeah and there's no turning back you can't you know you don't win a fight like this and then go back to fighting you know the uh you know for Tories of the world right. uh no disrespect to him, but I mean, Vittori could have yeah. probably beaten him. That's the that's the messed up part. If he hadn't gotten <laughs> to his wrestling early, yeah. But but uh, I I have a sign that, like the, the the hand traps to like the elbows over the top, just all the kicks of the body, uh, the knees. Like, he he would fake the jab and then like immediately as like Tavares would cover up hammer one down like in the same step so it's just like masterful use of just breaking rhythm um i i will say i i think i was in the same boat as you like i thought this was a step too soon for um what you call it for adesanya because i figured tavares would because tavares is not a bad wrestler he's not a bad grappler like i fully expected to just be like you know what I'm just going to go out there, I'm going to just take him down, and I'm going to beat him from there. And he didn't do right. that. He didn't try to do that until, like, the third or fourth round. 
And by then he had been, you know, bloodied up and eating every kick to the body that Adesanya threw at him. And we just too tired to even try. It, it, it all felt like half-hearted and desperate. And desperate. So, you know, whatever. Um, like, but I guess hindsight being twenty twenty, uh, Tavares is, was like the perfect opponent for Adesanya to get him a top ten win. Um, dude fights with like no type of urgency. He's a kickboxer who mostly boxes, and he, while he's okay at it for, by MMA standards. Adesanya's kickboxing game transfers over is a whole lot better than Saki, uh, Gokan Saki's does. Just because there's such yeah. an emphasis on, like, okay, rhythm and pace and, you know, managing distance and stuff like that. Like, and I guess we'll get to Saki later. But, um, like, what, what did Brad Tavares really have on, uh, like, strategically that would challenge Adesanya? Like he's been in the UFC for like ten yeah. years, right? Almost ten years. Yeah, it's been a while. He's he's been around the block like, a couple dude times. Does not have a second gear. He, like if he's getting beat in one area, he's not going to go to do something else. He, he he fights the way he fights. He he doesn't turn up the pace. He's not going to pressure Adesanya like uh, Vittori did. He's not going to obviously he's not going to outbox Adesanya. Uh, he landed some nice punches, but. I think that had more to do with the fact that Asai was just—he has really poor timing on the um, on the taunting. Like you know, you know, you taunt when you're at distance, not when dudes right in front of you. Right. <laughs> I think the only thing I remember Tavares doing that he—I think he, I feel like he landed that right hand a good right. number of times, but I mean, after a while, it just kind of didn't matter. Because he was still getting <laughs> picked apart, like, um, yeah, man. yeah. And I, I, at the, on the same note, though, like, but uh, is not the like Adesanya's whole meta game is the kickboxing meta game, which is when you're ahead, you just coast to stay ahead because you have another fight in like two weeks or later tonight, or you know the next day. So like, you just preserve the win. So like, it makes sense to me that he didn't get the finish, despite the fact that he was just beating the crap out of Tavares. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know what this says about like Adesanya moving forward. Like, could he beat? Um, like, I think I think his next benchmark would be like somebody like Derek Brunson, a wrestler with heavy hands who's you know quick, and will actually push a pace even if it's. But right. like it'll be like a reckless pace that even Brunson probably shouldn't be fighting at. So, like that's that's the next step I want to see. Like, if not Brunson, someone in like that that same make, right? Who's gonna push Adesanya? Who's gonna put a pace on him and maybe even try to take him down? I'd also be down for him just beating up another like striker if the, if that's the route they want to go. But yeah, yeah. Anything that produces a highlight reel, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with a win like Tavares, like you, you, you literally can only go up. And quick question: Does Kelvin Gastelum even wrestle anymore? I'm trying to remember the last time I saw him shoot for a takedown. Nah, he he just he, he's throwing okay. hands. <laughs> like, that's a fact. You got a sign you could win. <laughs> he's he's just throwing hands. 
Yeah, man, Adesanya is so dangerous on the feet because you just you don't know what angle he's going to come from. You don't know if you're going to get hit with a punch, a knee, a kick, uh, an elbow. <laughs> like, it, it's so much to worry about. And one thing I like that he does, even though I think that kind of plays into him coasting a bit, like, he's not super reckless. Like, he's very, very patient and, like, methodical with right. what he does. So when he throws, he throws to hit. He's not just out here winging punches all willy-nilly. Um, so I, I, cause I, I think there was a moment with that fight where he had Tavares hurt, but he doesn't like rush in for finishes. Like he, he takes his time. Yeah, the finish has to come to him. Yeah, which, you know, I don't mind. I think sometimes that's a good thing because you don't, you don't want to be that guy who's winning the fight ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and you get clipped because he, you rushed in. Um, but at the same time, I want to see him, you know, get, get get some guys out of there. But I think also that got to give Tavares credit. He he is just a crazy tough dude. Like I, I think some other people wouldn't have lasted that. They they wouldn't have went off five. Not getting picked apart like that. They they might have faded. And he he somehow found his way in that fifth round. And was still trying to make something happen. But yeah, man. Robert Whitaker. Right. So, you know, Robert Whitaker being the champ, and <laughs> we've already mentioned Tim Bosch, the, the toughest dad at the barbecue. Now that's Daniel Cormier. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's the, the toughest dad. <laughs> somebody, somebody said on Twitter, like, he mans the grill, plays solitaire, and spades all at the same time. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> Israel Adesanya, man, this dude—he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's something special to watch. Um, I've been meaning to go back because I remember him in Glory, but I don't remember a ton of his fights. I've been meaning to just go back and watch his kickboxing fights because because I, I remember his name. I know I've watched him on a Glory card. I just can't remember like who he fought. But either way, man, this, this dude is legitimately one of the top talents in uh, at middleweight in kickboxing. Like. Not like um I don't know like Wonder Boy or something, where he has a sixteen zero record, but he just fought a bunch of dudes in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I I sign you, man. This this dude, he's some some special man, some special. So congrats to him, awesome performance. Um, definitely interested to see um what direction they take him in next, and in terms of matchmaking. Uh, so with that being said, man, we we. Spent a decent amount of time. We covered all what we haven't gotten to cover over these last uh, week or so when we haven't recorded. But time to get to the, to, to the meat and potatoes of this episode. So uh, oh, I'm waiting for the page to load. <laughs> but UFC 226 uh, went down in Las Vegas. Uh, shout out to Stokes who took his life savings over there. But it looks like he made out pretty good. <laughs> Um, I say because he got arrested, like tr- tr- <laughs> trying to confront like TJ Dillashaw in the parking lot. <laughs> Stokes, I'm still mad at you that you bet you bet against. And, and look how that like, wow. that got you. Yeah, thinking of us like twenty dollars yeah. still. Twenty dollars you could have kept and could have went to like a meal or something. I could have bought you a whole bunch of slot machines, just like ghosts. 
Right. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Stokes out there in Vegas. He's pretty sure this main event paid him out pretty well. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just get into it, man. Um, Daniel Cormier, Stipe Miocic, heavyweight title on the line. DC coming up from 205. Um, I'm not surprised that DC won because I picked DC to win, but I did not think he was going to sleep him. <laughs> I envisioned DC winning just by like being able to eventually like outpace Stipe, maybe just grind him out, um, wear him down. Because, um, I mean, we've seen DC can go a hard five rounds. Um, so I, I just thought maybe he would decision him, grind him out. It would be like a really super competitive fight. But, you know, DC would just end up smothering him with wrestling, eventually tire him out, and he would win that way. But uh, DC had other plans. He did got this done in one round. Um, I knew Stipe was in trouble when um, he he... The one thing I was really worried about in this fight for DC is I was like, man, he he might get slept. Like, if Stipe cracks him one good time, <laughs> we, we we might see DC hit the 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 Redoom face plant. DC took a one two from Stipe, and he kept pushing forward, and I was like, oh, he Stipe might be in trouble because Stipe's not gonna out wrestle him, and. The size advantage, if you even want to call it that, I was not worried about at all because if any of you have watched Stipe and during his strike force one at heavyweights, he's always fought dudes that were much bigger than him, a la tossing Josh Barnett on his head, a la beating the crap out of Big Silva back when he was still on TRT and he was murking people like... So the size thing just didn't. I I didn't even take that into account because I didn't think it would really have much. I mean, of if an you effect. see the dudes he trained with, like the dudes who come to his gym, right. like they're all bigger than him. And the guy right. who actually like is in the gym with him all the time is like Cain Velasquez. Well, not probably recently, huh. but you know his primary training partner coming up was Cain Velasquez. Right. Who, aside from Stipe, and if it weren't for injuries, probably the greatest heavyweight ever. You know, but that's that's another story. Well, yeah, oh, that just made me sad even bringing that up. <laughs> but but point, point being, he, he's he's used to fighting bigger men. So there was no way Stipe was going to out-wrestle him. And I was like, if Stipe's shots aren't hurting him like I thought they would, this might not be good. And he, he gave DC a 1-2, and DC came right back in his face. And that's... I. I I didn't think the finish was going to come like that, but my God. Um, yeah. When when DC started popping back with his shots, I think he caught Stipe with like a nice one too that backed him up a little bit. Um, I don't think these people give DC enough credit for his striking. Like, it's not anything flashy. It's not anything, you know, like crazy creative, it's but effective. it works. Yeah, like, like, this, like yeah. this dude beat. Alexander Gustafson on the feet. That was a that was a straight up boxing match. Yep. As a matter of fact, like, I think they each got one takedown in that fight. Yeah. Um, like D- DC is not pretty. He eats probably more than he should. Uh, Health wise, not like at, like in terms of like you know uh, 
strategy. Like he, he's a, he's a, a what thirty nine year old man. Yeah, he probably shouldn't <laughs> be eating like Stipe Fiosic's punches for very long. But um, like it's effective. Like he he has good upper body movement. Um, he he knows how to put himself in position where he can get to. He can get to the positions he wants. He knows, like, uh, like on um, the 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 uh, the sequence that ended up finishing the fight was, um, Cormier threw a jab, grabbed her on the head, got underneath the arm, and then as Stipe went to go pull away, just do an overhand right that he didn't see coming, like he just mm-hmm. clean on the chin and it was over. That's crazy because DC predicted like that same thing i don't know if it was the same day or i saw an interview where he literally said that like he's like in camp we noticed that when he pulls away from the clinch he just leaves his chin up like he, he doesn't protect himself and that's literally what <laughs> got him put on the canvas um but it was still wild just seeing like him land that overhand right and stipe just his flops like, to the floor it, 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 uh, we should I, know, like how uh, crazy that is in terms of just, like, Stipe's ridiculous toughness. Because Stipe has uh, been knocked out once at heavyweight, despite being in the UFC for, like, six, seven years now. And he didn't even really get knocked out. He he was just kind of out on his... He wasn't even out on his feet, but he just couldn't defend himself anymore when he's uh, fighting uh, Seven Struve. Like, there's a dude who went to war with JDS. Like, there's a dude who got up from being by being from being knocked down by uh, Alistair Overeem. Like, he, he and ate right, a punch from Ngannou. Right, that's <laughs> a couple of them. Like, because Ngannou was he hit ta- even tagged him late in the fight, but like the fact that so the fact that DC was able to put him out the way he did kind of tells you that yeah, this dude hits hella freaking hard. Yeah, like you you can make fun of DC. You 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 can say what you want about him. You can bring up the losses to Jones. It it, it doesn't negate the fact that like he's <laughs> he's a goat. Like he he's at the table now. He he might have already been, but now he's definitely no, at the no table. question. Like yeah, I I don't think that's that's even a question. Like we like you said, we we we've never seen Stipe just get dropped like that like <laughs> just straight drop to the floor east ground and pound probably didn't even need the ground and pound but you know keep fighting till it's over um yeah that that this this was one of the uh, i put this on twitter man if, if if you missed this like while it happened like if you didn't see this in real time man you missed out on a this is like a moment in history like this this was one of those moments that I'm glad it, it was worth me staying up late for to watch. Um, kind of wish I could have been like around other people because I think it would have been, even been crazier. But this was just one of those moments that like if you if you didn't see this in real time, man, you you missed out. You missed out on a really just epic, crazy moment. Like stuff like this, when you're not going to see that often. These are like those once in a lifetime kind of kind of moments. Better than GSP beating Bisbing in his comeback fight at MSG for me. Just because, like, the awful freaking year DC had last year. Yeah. 
And I think the stakes were, let's say, higher. Uh, and, and then you consider, like, yeah, like you said, like, his his whole past with Jones, like, everything just leading up to this fight and him having this moment, you know, he's got to feel like he's taking that monkey right. off his back. Like, I, I think we somewhat. talked about in the aftermath of that fight, or either that fight or the build-up to, like, Usamir. We talked about, like, what could DC do to, um to get that Jones tank off him. And, like, the answer was, go up to heavyweight and take the title. And he did it. Yeah, and here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, what was I going to say? So I, so I guess to just expand on that, so do we, because I, I saw this on Twitter, I saw this on Facebook going back and forth. Does, does this for you erase the jones like not not maybe not erase it because you can't just act like it didn't happen but does it ease some of that up a little bit yes like it has less to do with um like i I hate to say it has less to do with garmier garmier uh but but like jones has had this opportunity presented to him multiple times like, he, he, how many times did he defend this title? Like, seven, eight times? Yeah. Like, well, actually, eight or nine, I think. Uh, but what, uh, he, he, point being, he's had, he, he has, he has been, I, I, I think Dana said, like, he, he had the title shot when he wanted, basically. Uh, like, like this was supposed to be him. This was supposed to be Jones. Like seven months ago, they were working on it when he failed the drug test. So like, DC decided doing it, being uh, going up, taking the title before Jones could. It does it obviously doesn't erase the Jones loss, but it, but he's he's got a one up now. He has the one. He's got a one up. Because God yeah. knows when Jones is coming back. If Jones yeah. is coming back. And, and really looking back at it in hindsight, they were kind of both, I think, on the same path. Like, clearly at 205, nobody was going to beat either of them two other than each other. So the only other <laughs> the only other thing to do was to go up. Like, they were both headed down that path anyway. But I guess it made more sense for Cormier being he fought at heavyweight already. But... Yeah, for for Jones, had he stayed out of trouble, yeah, like this this should have been him. I'm because like Gustafson or like I'm just like, oh, he can do if Ooh. he can do that at heavyweight, I can do that at heavyweight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he, and that's that's like that's the best that's the best UFC heavyweight champion of all time. That he did that too inside of a round. And, and and I know it's mm-hmm. a heavyweight where like inside of a round like that's that's not really impressive because like it's heavyweight or as impressive as it would be if that happened at like flyweight or featherweight or lightweight or whatever. But that's still pretty damn impressive. Yeah. To come like, like to just come up and the like and apparently he was hurt during this camp like he threw out his back like he had to shut down camp for a little bit according to Dana. Um, 
Like, it's crazy. Like, just the ultimate feel-good moment. Also, kind Again, of shows you begs the question. <laughs> so, so, I guess, uh, begs the question. Um, all right, so obviously after the fight, the, the, the Brock Lesnar, I, I cut, I cut, um, I cut it off to be honest. Um, like after the sh- after the shove, and after Lesnar started talking about Stipe and then Ganu and Lewis, I, I cut it off because I brought all three of those dudes will wash you, probably inside of a round. You might be Lewis. No, 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 no you probably wouldn't. He probably would wash you too. Be Lewis. But I think, think he'd be Lewis if he, if he stuck. If he didn't get. If, if, if he, he stuck to a game plan, he, he, like that's yeah. the thing. Like Brock Lesnar, if he's in this division, is like the third best wrestler in the division, behind like Cormier and um, what's his name, uh, Blades. Like he might be on par with Stipe. Is like that's where he's at. Yeah. But. And. Honestly, I, I've caped for Brock in the past. But, but, but DC, why? I, I I don't. Exactly. Like, I was, I'm, I'm trying to get people to understand this. Like, listen, man, I, I know we, we want to see, well, all right, I ain't going to say we because I'm not in this boat, but, you know, exciting fights and cash grab fights. Um, I get it. They're going to happen, but this isn't the one to, to me. And, and for a couple this of reasons. It, um, this ain't it. For one, DC would I watch mean, I, him. I want it. I want uh, it to happen because I want DC to retire with like fifty million dollars because he's earned it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that would be the the one good thing about that fight is yeah DC would definitely get you know, his payday. Like, like do like a one point two million draw, and that's the fight that DC leaves on. Like after he becomes right. like a pay per view draw. Yeah, it's. And it's like, I wouldn't be so against this because we all know, man, Brock's gonna fail the drug test, man. And I'm fine with like, that. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with it. You know why? Because when Jones fails the drug test, they let him come back and fight for the title. That is true. That is true. Like, titles don't mean shit. Ask our fellow himself. Yeah. Dude, this yeah. guy's eleven yeah. wins at bantamweight, still can't buy it. <laughs> still gave a sniff a title shot. <laughs> It's just this. It it. I don't know. I I don't want to see DC and Brock. That fight does nothing for me. Um, I would be very interested to see DC and Blades. Albeit, I know that's not a pay per view draw. That's that's not going to get you your million buys. But Brock coming back is it's just it's a flash in the pan, man. Like he, <laughs> it's. It's it's gonna be just one moment and then it's gonna be over. Like this is not gonna be any longevity. He's not gonna come back and stick around for forever. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that because that's Brock. Brock. But see, I'm I'm not against you not sticking around, but just don't fight the champ, man. Like if you want to fight some other people, like if, like if if they wanted to do him and Jones, I'm all for him and Jones. I don't care who fails what drug test. I don't care if Jones is coked up. A second before the fight starts, I'm all for that. But like, for title fights, it's like, come on, bro. Like, move around. Like, go. I don't know. I don't know. But if it does happen, I'll watch. Um, and I'll be expecting DC that that fight will probably the, the 
him and Brock will probably end like him and Steve did. He's going to catch Brock on the chin, and it's going to be over. It's going to be over. He's, he's going to sleep. It, you do that fight, you throw like some combination of Lewis, Volkov, and Blades on the undercard in the gold main event. Um, matter of fact, throw, throw all of them in like fights. Find a fourth heavyweight that's not, um, what's his face, Francis Ngannou. Um, like the winner of Boygoy Ivanov and Junior Dos Santos. Throw them all in the same card. Um, should Lesnar win, he fights the winner of that, like whoever is the most impressive that night. Should DC win and he retires, you know, you have the winners from those fights face off for the title. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I guess they got options. For the first um, time. But, yeah. They're right. <laughs> have one of them fight Gus. Fuck having Gus fight for the heavyweight title. Just scrap the division. <laughs> or, or better yet, let Yoel Romero hold the, just hold the heavyweight belt. <laughs> that actually does sound like a bad idea. You you could definitely throw Gus at heavyweight because I think he lays waste to some people. See, out like, there. I, it's always been strange because I always thought like Gus. Well, it, obviously, DC was a top like three heavyweight for a minute, but um, Gus. Between like Gus and Jones, I always thought Gus had like the better, uh, like, style to last a heavyweight. Yeah, because he's a better puncher. But we'll we'll see. The aftermath of this is is going to be interesting. But all in all, man, Daniel Cormier is he's he's that dude. Um, yeah, he he he's, he he got the dad title on Apparently, lock right now. I, I think and nobody... this card did good numbers too. Like they did a five point six million dollar gate. That's mm. a, that's one of the biggest non Floyd slash Connor dates ever. I mean, and I, I think I pointed this out before the card started. Like on paper, if this was really good matchmaking, all up and down this card, like. There weren't really any fights I looked at on this card and, like, batted an eye in, like, a bad way. I was like, yeah, this fight doesn't make sense. Like, all, I mean, I know you had the, the Felder mix-up, how that happened, but even that was still a good fight matchmaking-wise. Like, if, if Felder was going to go up to welterweight, why, why not it not be exactly. against Mike Perry? So, yeah, like, all of these fights, matchmaking-wise, on paper, were great, and most of them... Minus the one we will talk about next. It <laughs> turned yeah, out before, pretty good. Before we get into that, um, I don't think we mentioned this, but Max Holloway was supposed to be on this card. Bruh. <sighs> shout, shout, Can shout you imagine? Who, uh, you know, who, who went to Vegas to see, yeah. see this fight. Can you imagine, like, Oh my god. Can you imagine how much more epic this card would have been if that fight would have happened? Tragic. Like, re- regardless of who would have won, and then it would have ended with the Cormier and, oh my, like, the roof would have exploded. The whole stadium yeah, just would have blew that, up. That would have put it on, like, um, <laughs> the, the, G, the, the GSP card level of, uh, the GSP MSG card level of just yeah. feel good. Yeah. Like, that would have been crazy. Oh man, that yeah, that. But hurts. for those for those who don't but, know, uh, the Ortega Holloway fight was called off because 
Holloway was ex- uh, showing signs of concussion. But, yeah. um, like, they were saying he didn't have one. Like, the doctors, they cleared him to fight. And uh, it came out later. I'm not sure if it was, like, official or, like, it was just, like, a speculation on Dana's part. But Dana said um, something along the lines of the UFC doctors thought he suffered from water intoxication. Which basically gives you the same symptoms as having a concussion without any, well, without the permanent brain damage, I assume. Which would be the best case scenario. Like, you know, water intoxication is really low on the scale of things that you want fucking up your brain. Right. Yeah, somebody told me they, they, um, he didn't look, he didn't look uh, too dude, good. He, like... he did an interview with, uh, with Michael Bisping on Tuesday or Wednesday for UFC Tonight. And he sounded drunk. Like, like he just sounded completely out of it. Even, like, Bisbing noticed. And he called him out. And he's like, are you tired? Are you okay? Like, but no, like, dude was, he was out. Like, if I had saw that on one, like, live, I would have been, like, I would I, I would even called it out. Because it was so obvious. Yeah. But hopefully he's, he, he, he's better. Because um, that, that's a fight that. God knows, I, I I just I need that fight in my life. Like I'm, I'm always worried <laughs> about these dudes who start fighting young, and then like once they hit their mid twenties, they just start falling apart. And like, this, like this is the most I've seen Holloway hurt because this is the same dude who like three years ago was fighting like five times a year. Yeah, and that probably has yeah. something to do with the fact that he's having trouble making it to the cage now. But I, I I hope he gets better, man. The, the the sport needs guys like him around, man. He's just a good dude, awesome fighter, you know. When when he's in there, so you know, I I hope he's recovering well. But that's crazy. Even without that fight, this card was still awesome. But my God, if this that fight could have still happened. But <laughs> um, so since we didn't get a chance to watch uh, Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. Um, our co-main event was Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou, and um, how do we talk about something when nothing happened? <laughs> this is a fight we were supposed to be, you know, excited for. This, yeah, the, yeah, like the, I was talking to two people while the fight was happening. Because um, one of one of my friends is a uh, he was having laptop problems, so I. He was asking me what happened, and I was talking to my other homeboy, and I I told them both, um, yeah, nothing happened in this fight. Like, literally nothing happened. For three rounds, we got nothing. And Derek Lewis just did a little more of nothing and (laughs) and won a decision. It's interesting. I'm on Wikipedia, so I don't know how accurate this is, but uh, the scores were 29-28-29-28. In thirty twenty seven, I want to know what metrics of nothing they were using to figure out <laughs> who did more. How did Ngannou get one round? Where, uh, I don't know. Like I, this remind, remember that Melvin Manhoff, um, Rafael Cavallo fight, the first one. Very famous. Uh, it's the one where literally nothing happened. 
Except Carvalho <laughs> got. Oh no no no! Okay, yeah, you said Carvalho. Yeah, okay, yeah, I like, didn't remember. And they I gave Carvalho the first round, despite the fact that he literally landed no strikes. Like, if you go to, <laughs> if you go to like the the fight metric or the CompuStrike or whatever the hell it's called, um, it will it, it will show you that he threw like eighteen strikes and landed none of them. Well, Mayhoff landed one. <laughs> he landed a leg kick. Oh but man. They, it's yeah, kinda, this... So this fight reminded me of that, but it's the worst fight I've ever seen. So this was one of those fights that, after a while, I had to laugh at it to remind myself how bad you know, to, to, to keep myself from being sad of how terrible this fight was. Um, yeah, it it was. <laughs> Joe Rogan was so angry. <laughs> Joe Rogan spent the entire like second and third round trying to figure out why nothing was happening. Like, <laughs> I felt like he was just running through every scenario in his head, and he just blurted them out loud, trying to figure out why nobody was throwing a punch. It was, a it, it was um, <laughs> this this was the most bizarre. Like, it, it's nothing to describe. Like, if guys, if you didn't watch this fight, literally so, nothing happened. Two guys it was... got into the cage. Bruce Buffer said the name. The ref said, let's get it on. And then they just stared at each other. Yeah, no, but nobody got it on. And at one point, Herb Dean stepped in and basically told him, like, listen, man, y'all need to throw some hands listen, because... Uh... There are thousands of people watching right now. <laughs> I'm not right. sure if you guys were aware of this. <laughs> people paid for this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Gary Lewis this... in the in the post fight um at at the conference was just like, yeah, my doctor says I have to lose twenty five pounds because my back hurts <laughs> so much all the time. Jesus Christ! And I'm just like, Engano, you lost it, man. What was even worse was like before the fight started, I was just looking at Engano. I was like, oh man, he looks like he really leaned out, like. He, he maybe his cardio's better. Like he'll he'll be able to push a, a higher pace or, or keep up the pace for a faster amount. Um, I found out that he can dance around for three rounds. We're right. <laughs> maybe not as a full blown dance, like a little, little two step. Well, you know, the the the, the uncle at the barbecue shimmy. <laughs> but, Dude, like yeah. There's literally nothing to analyze this fight because nothing. <laughs> because right, nothing. You can pull a Joe Rogan trying to figure out what the fuck happened. So, so okay. Like, uh, the, this other podcast I listened to, Heavy Hands, um, the, one of the uh, by writers from Bloody Elbow, um, this dude, Phil McKenzie. I was listening to, like, I was all hyped for this fight until, like, I heard him talk and, like, everything he said made sense. Uh, he was like, yeah, this fight's going to be terrible. Because neither guy likes to engage first. So there's a good chance they're just going to stare at each other for like eight and a half minutes before anything happens. Little did he know, it, was, it happened the entirety of the fight. Right. <laughs> and, like, I was prepared for this to happen for one round. Because, you know, both guys are fresh at the start. Nobody's trying to make a mistake and get their head knocked off. But I did. They, I didn't think the filling out process was gonna be all fifteen minutes. Like 
so what you're saying is they should have had two more rounds. <laughs> no, I think we're good. <laughs> like, um, like Dana yeah, went this... ham on uh, what's his name, Engano in the post fight, called him an egomaniac. Which, yeah, I, I I just imagine this entire fight, Dana. He doesn't even have hair, and he was right. pulling his hair out. Like he was grabbing the the veins in his bald head and just. <laughs> I, I sure don't know, like. You figured they'd throw one punch. Yeah. Like, um, it's so. Uh, yeah, I don't. Like, I don't. This is it's the like joke the, the, parody the, the, of a heavyweight fight that, I, like, when I say heavyweight fights are bad, like this is like the joke version of what I think of like bad heavyweight fights being. <laughs> but it's real. Did Did Stipe beat that much out of you? Like, did, was he just like, so afraid of being? so gassed again because like <laughs> even like we, we've mentioned this plenty of times like jds was never the same after the cane fight but he'll still throw a punch like <laughs> it's not that bad like he, he'll yeah, still engage the crime was physical and god yeah. seems to be 100 percent mental uh it was yeah this this was and, and and then on Lewis's end, I was thinking like, this, you got to be thinking like, all right, this guy is he afraid of me? Like, maybe I should just try something. I, I mean, and to Lewis's credit, he was the only. Neither one of them did much, but Lewis at least like tried. Like he he threw like a couple of switch kicks. <laughs> he 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 had a a smidgen of offense, just a little bit, very minor, but it was well, something. That's the fight. Right, it was just another win. <laughs> like, literally, if one of them could have landed like one hard, like straight left, they could have won the entire like, fight. Would, probably. Like, I thought that's basically how it was gonna go. Like, they they stare at each other. Like, one of them decides, you know, fuck it, and then the other one counters and like knocks them out. But that didn't happen. They just kind of stared at each other. No, that was literally it. Fifteen minutes. We talked that the, the, as long as we talked about this fight is crazy because nothing happened. It was <laughs> nothing happened. Literally nothing. Somebody said this on Twitter, and I agree. They should both go down in the rankings. Like <laughs> nobody should move up. You have to go down the spot. Shout to Demetrius Johnson for a tweet of the night. Uh, hold on, pull it up real quick. Get it. Now the next time, who says flyweight sucks? I'm gonna pull this fight with all respect. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You can talk about the flyweights not knocking each other out or not having as many finishes as you would like, but they don't do this. They, they, nobody does this. This, this is, this is all heavyweight MMA. This is like this is uh, this is heavyweight MMA taken to an extreme, but not that extreme. <laughs> like this is like this is basically every other uh, Lewis fight. Like this, except his opponents tend to do more, which in, which in turn yeah, gives this... Lewis more opportunities to do more. Like I even like we didn't even see Ngannou's jab, which I like I expected to see on like full display. We saw half feints and bouncing around. Um, I can't remember which listener sent in that question about them doing a card in Africa. Yeah, bro, that's 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 a no go. That that's a uh, that's over now. I'm... 
I mean, any uh any plans that that could have happened? <laughs> a guy was gonna have to go on a whole nother streak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's over. Um, yeah, there there will be no Africa, you know, UFC in Africa anytime soon. Um, Unless somebody else comes out and just starts wrecking people. Yeah, because yeah, but we'll we'll move along. We we spent long enough on that fight where literally that, nothing that happened. Fight got it was just it was just nothing. France again. <laughs> but, yeah, man. This I don't even know what to say. The congratulations. I just moving along. That, whatever. That, at that least fight, he had self awareness to say that fight sucked. Right. Granted, <laughs> he didn't even get a post fight interview. He says that after every other one of his fights. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. But. Moving on to the next uh, happening, which was much more eventful and violent. Uh, Paul Felder uh, moves up to welterweight to take on Mike Perry. Um, I guess the first thing I noticed uh, about Perry, uh, well, for when they mentioned, I guess he's at Jackson's now. Um, And everything about his performance to me screamed Jackson's. Um, It looked like before this fight, Greg Jackson gave him the patented speech of just calm down and drink some water. Um, he was very contained, um, which I think is a good thing, though. Like, he, he he didn't go out and just wing a bunch of overhand rights and uppercuts and just hope something landed. Like, his his attack was a bit more, you know, probably as calculated, I think, as we've seen him. Um, a lot more methodical, better picking his shots. Um, but it, it was still violent in spurts. Um, very bloody <laughs> fight. I think I can't remember which round where uh, Perry caught um, Felder with that left, and yeah, and his eye just or a cut above his eye. I can't remember in his eye or above his eye, but his face just immediately just just blood red, just blood everywhere (laughs) after that left hand landed. Um, Now they 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 had a pretty it was a pretty entertaining fight. Um, I mean, props to Felder who broke his arm. I think literally in the first round, he threw a, a spinning back fist and it landed on the forearm. And apparently from that point on, his arm was broke and he was still, he was still throwing the spinning back fist. He was still kind of throwing with his right hand, even though his arm was apparently broken. Um, so he, he gutted out uh, what I imagine had to have been a very painful experience to even make it all three. Um, yeah, it was a pretty nice uh Back and forth, I thought, like I said, Perry did a good job, I think, of being just more calculated with his attack. Um, good job of throwing the... Uh, right. <laughs> Two functioning arms, uh, an elbow that he, he used pretty good coming out of the clinch um, a few times. I guess you could say that for Paul Felder also. Um, I think Felder, in, in moments, he, he wasn't able to do it during the entire fight. I wish he would have stayed with the leg kick more, because... Um, it worked pretty well for him in the first, and then uh, I feel like after a while it just kind of wasn't like he didn't I, throw I think it as it's much. Just, um, uh, Perry just walking him down, like he, he just throwing him yeah. off the back leg is so tiring. Yeah, like, there are really like only like three or four fighters in this sport who can kick moving backwards. And it, it, it worked for a little bit, yeah. but yeah, like I said. Perry did eventually just he, he put the pressure on him. When, when Felder was able to keep it at distance, like he, he would land some good shots. I think he landed like a spinning back kick to the body a couple of times. But 
he he didn't have enough of those moments because Perry was just kind of able to get in his face um, a lot. But it, it was definitely a really competitive fight uh, back and forth. Went to split decision. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not mad at the decision. I don't, I don't think anybody really protested it. Um, yeah, I'm not mad at, at at Perry winning. I think I gave him the I think I gave him the first and the, the third. Can't remember, but I definitely gave him two rounds, like pretty, uh, pretty solid. But for Felder, though, like for coming up to welterweight, and I think they mentioned this during the broadcast. Like, I don't know if he's a mainstay at welterweight. Like, I, I don't know if this is a permanent home. I, I think this will probably just be a one-off. But either way, it was it was a pretty good performance for him to be at welterweight. And I, if if there was anybody for him to fight, I think Mike Perry was a good opponent. Somebody who's not a huge welterweight who can just kind of toss him around. Um, his his skill set would still work for him, just kind of kind of got overpressured and bloodied up, <laughs> which doesn't doesn't help the cause. But, um, yeah, prop, props to Mike Perry, though, man. He, he had a really he, – he looked like he went into this fight with, like, a game plan, and he was able to stick to it, like, pretty effectively without getting too crazy or wild yeah, out there. Um, like – Had like what five months off? Like that—that's a deal because before Perry fought like nine times in his first like two and a half years in the UFC. That's insane. So like that time off just to like. Oh no, it was his first two years in the UFC. Like that—that's an insane. To keep up or whatever, fight uh, just like on your body. So like, see him like, despite all the dumb, terrible shit that Mike Perry says, like he's he just he he's smarter than he seems, I guess. Like he realized pretty early on that just trading with Alex Nicholson, his racist ass dad, wasn't going to get him very far. So he started work. He started you know splitting time at ATT. Uh, you know, uh, he, he realized that, you know, his body broke down on him because he was taking too many fights, so he stopped, and he used that time to go train at, like, Jackson. Now he's going to Vegas, uh, so he can train, I don't remember what, I think he was trying to take one of the Jackson coaches with him, but he's going to go train at, like, Extreme Couture. Um, like, this dude is still learning on the job. Uh, in, like, This was just this probably this yeah this was his best performance so far of his career. Um, as for Felder, like you know, he, he took the fight on like what nine days notice. Yeah, can't can't fault you, you for that. Weight class, you, you, you're probably starving uh, because he was fixing to make the cut um, prior to the fight. Like, and like he, he took Perry to a split decision with a broken arm. All right. It probably did take down late, so yeah. Kudos to Felder. It really sucks because he they denied him his title fight. The opponent he was supposed to fight got like a main event slot. And James Vick, like it just sucks, you know. And then he comes ahead yeah. and he gets a he gets an L on his record that. Like, looks worse than it actually is. 
Yeah, and the thing is, like, he honestly wasn't, if not for a broken arm and maybe able to capitalize off a few opportunities, he could have stole around yeah. and won this fight. Like, it wasn't like the fight was a wipeout. Like, it was very competitive. It's just he was, he was getting edged out. He, he was getting beat to the punch a little bit. But yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm I definitely want to see him again. I'm always down for for a Felder fight. Um. So like I said, I don't think he'll be staying at welterweight. But either way, great fight for for both dudes. Props to Prey for you know improving his game. You because uh, I think they mentioned in the broadcast he had only been training at Jackson's for like like a month or two, but it already looks like it's paying off. Like whatever they got accomplished in that little time looks like it's working. So you know, stick with that. See how far you know how far it takes him, but. Uh, props to both gentlemen. Pretty awesome and, and bloody fight. Definitely one to watch. Um, this next fight, <laughs> Anthony Pettis and Michael Chiesa. Making um, me feel like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Who? I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this fight, and and I, I can't even be mad at the people that picked against Pettis because they were like, you know, he's he he's out here looking pretty washed lately. Like he's. He's not the same Pettis that, you know, was like back back in the day when he was on his run. But I was like, listen, man, let, let me believe. Let me believe that there's still something left in the tank. And I got it, man. There's still something there. It's, it's, it's not a lot. I'm not about to say he's about to go on a run. But there, there's just enough in the tank that he got this win. Um, wasn't looking too, too good in the first. <laughs> as soon as Kiesa got him down, I was like, oh, God, here we go. It's going to be one of those fights where he just gets taken down and grinded out for a win, and I'm going to hate myself for thinking he could pull this out. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Kiesa did good in the first. Like, he, he just used his striking just enough to, you know, just get some takedowns and, you know, have that working for him. But uh, luckily, Pettis was able to get out um, of a few bad spots. Um I think he even he reversed a couple of positions, was able to find himself and get back on the feet. And then in the second round, Pettis looked. I, I maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just overanalyzing. I always like just for fighters who are in Pettis's position, where it seems like they've been on kind of a slump. You know, look at body language a lot because I feel like sometimes <laughs> Pettis's fights, he, since he's been on a slump, it kind of just looks like he's. Not like he's lost, but kind of like, like something just off when he's out there. Like it just looks like he, I don't know, like he's a deer in the headlights. Like sometimes. sometimes it just looks like he's like physically done. Right, like he he looks. Listen, yeah. Like weird thinking of him as a dude who ran up the Right, <laughs> right, but in this fight, especially in the second round, like he. For the first time in a while, it looked like he was like having fun, like just just a little bit. Like it looked like he was, he, he looked fresher than I've seen him as of recent. Like he, he looked like he was having a bit fun. He was getting a little loose. Um, he he caught uh Casilla with a nice body kick, and Casilla tried to wave it off. It's like, nah, bro, I know that hurt. And then he fired one of his own back, and then he got caught. I don't even think he caught him with the one-two because I don't think the left hand even landed or did it. I can't remember because he, he he stuck him with the right, but he I thought he, he threw a punch before that. I don't even remember if it landed, but either way, he, he caught Kiesa with a right, 
the right dropped him. Uh, he went up for a flying knee, which I realized in the replay didn't land at all. <laughs> it was more of him jumping in the air, and Kiesa just kind of fell down. Um, he went for the guillotine, which he ended up not getting, but then he uh, they had, had a little uh, transition on the ground. He went from a guillotine, and then I think somehow that ended up being a triangle, which then in turn ended up being an armbar. And once he sinked the armbar in, that was pretty much the end of that. And Pettis got yep. the W. Um, is that two in a row? Because he he beat didn't he he beat Miller right? Uh, yeah, but he lost two on Poirier. Oh, okay, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Um, I know this is weird because he he ended up he, he, the start of his loss came from him like striking with uh Pettis, but like, I I feel like. He has to focus way too much on getting the fight to the ground. Like he, he, he his be, his success came when he marched down Pettis. Like you can't move backwards against Pettis. Edson Barbosa can move backwards against Pettis, because you know Edson Barbosa is quick and is a world uh, like has some of the best leg kicks in MMA. But um, like if you're Kiesa, your your whole strategy should be I'm going to take away Pettis's face. Keep him on the feet, so you know he doesn't try. He doesn't submit me because, well, this would be this is his seventh submission in the UFC WEC off his back, which puts him at number one. Yep. All time for submissions off your back. Um. Like the the like you you just can't move backwards against Pettis. That's when that's when he wins the fight. Like when you move backwards or when you stand straight uh or straight at, in front of him, like he he's a master of uh just making you pay for moving out of the like trying to escape him. Um, and like I don't even know what the hell Kiesa was trying to do with that kick, as Pettis threw the punch. Like it didn't look like a high kick. It, it kind of looked like a side kick. I never. I don't think I've ever seen Kiesa throw a sidekick. But it couldn't have been that. But it was just like this weird, unguarded. Um, maybe it's a leg kick. Maybe it was like a leg kick, and then uh, Pettis just followed him back with a right hand that threw Kiesa to the ground. <laughs> I don't know why I found it funny because like he's like trying to kick at Pettis by to keep him away as he's falling. And Pettis is like, no, fuck that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't... I don't, I don't it's well, worth mentioning, this is going to be Kiesa's last fight at uh, lightweight. He's going up to welterweight. Yeah. Nah, I forgot about that. I don't know how I think he'll do up there, but I guess we'll It, de- it depends, we'll see. If, it, it depends Pat- if he does the Poirier thing and he just gets better when he gets there because he doesn't have to worry about um like making weight. I think his skill set will transfer, but I'm not sure how far it'll take him. Is is what I worry. But with his ground game, I, I think he'll he'll it'll be okay for a little bit. But I was gonna say for Pettis, like I, I get it. Like Pettis has been on a slump. He's been kind of inconsistent as of late. But he's still, in in terms of like just being an opportunist, one of the most dangerous people we've seen him before. He just needs a split second to either 
sink a sink a choke in or throw up his legs and you're out of there. Like <laughs> you can't you have to be cautious at all times, especially when you're on the ground. Like when dude is off his back, he's not just sitting there just, you know, letting you get off whatever you're trying to get off. Like he's he's gonna try to snatch a limb or snatch a neck or do something. And as we saw here, he, he threw up the leg for armbar or for the uh triangle, then transitioned to the armbar and that was over. So Shout out to Pettis, man, back in the win column. It was a nice feel-good moment because he's just one of those dudes. You just at this point, you never know what you're gonna get. But you know, there's still something, a little, little, little bit left in the tank. Um. Oh God, I just realized what the next fight is, and I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> uh but you mentioned his name earlier, so we have to. Khalil uh, Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, Khalil Roundtree Jr., uh, Gokhan Saki. Um, First round knockout. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll let you uh, lead this one because I just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, Khalil uh, Roundtree Jr. Um, went out there and knocked out former, well, one of the greatest kickboxers of all time in just over 90 seconds, highlighting MMA is very different from kickboxing. Yeah. Um Khalil caught him with like a left hand straight down the pipe. And I know I, like I it's He counter he counted him off yeah. a leg kick. And uh it it, it it was over instantly. Like the the second yeah. he was just not getting back up. Um I don't even know where to go with this, like I want to call it upset, but it's not an upset. It is, but it isn't. Like, it's an upset because of who Saki is. Like, he's one of the greatest kickboxers of all time. It's not because this is yeah. a completely different sport. But it is because, you know, he beat him striking. But it isn't because Saki... I never thought Saki's striking game would translate over to MMA super well. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like you said, it's, it's an upset... An upset in terms of just status, because if you, if you know Saki, if you watch his kickboxing career, you know what we, we know. What we've seen him do to people. Um, World class, but fighters. at the same, but like, huh? like I mean, Saki, like just like who he's been in there with, like Spong, and uh, yeah, like all the Gita and Gita. all those heavyweights <laughs> and Ayunga and like dude, dude is credentialed out the ass. Might be the best kickboxer ever fighting the UFC. Like I think it's only competitions like Krokop. But it didn't matter. <laughs> I I wasn't too surprised because you know four ounce gloves. Well, this can I'm, happen. No, it looks like Saki has his hand up to like block, and he like he fully expects like to have like the full eight ounce glove there. Or what do they use? Like ten. 12s in kickboxing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's between like 8 and 10, yeah. I think. But, if, yeah, that yeah, doesn't exactly. work. Like, it's a, it's a naked-ass <laughs> leg kick. Like, nothing, nothing before it. Nothing. No, nothing. To... Yeah. He just... not even step off a line. It's just like, it's just there. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a thing and that it... happens in, um, so, 
Whoa, Saki's Turkish, so I guess that wouldn't make sense, but um a lot of the dudes he fights are like Dutch style kickboxers. Where there aren't a whole lot of same time counters. Which this basically was. No. Um, it's it's a lot of your turn, my turn style kick uh, fighting where like one guy will go and you'll show up and then you'll go and then he'll show up. You know? And you don't get that in MMA. Mm. Not at all. It's yeah. it's when the punches are coming, they're coming. <laughs> you and gotta like, be ready. And Roundtree for all his technical faults, um is well one, he hits hard as shit. And two, he's athletic as fuck. Yeah. Like he's really fast and really strong. So he can hit uh, like he he's a against basically anybody. Yeah. And that, that's kinda why I wasn't surprised that I was more hurt, but not surprised that Saki got knocked out because it, you had to know going into this fight, like, this was how this fight was going to end for either one of them. Somebody was going to get swept. Like, there was no other way this fight was going to end. I just wanted to believe that <laughs> Saki would have had the striking prowess uh, to be able to get off first. But, you know, as we've seen in the sport many times, man, sometimes it just ain't your night. Like, sometimes it's just... The, the the ball is not gonna it's not gonna swing in your favor, and he ate a left hand for his troubles, and that was it. <laughs> so, but congrats to Roundtree. That's got to be a really feel good win. Like you, you took down like a combat sports like God. Like <laughs> you 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 knocked him off, um, very emphatically. So that's got to be a feel good moment for him. I'm sorry I can't take anything away from his performance. It just hurt my feelings, but I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. But I don't look forward to seeing that highlight now every time I see Roundtree. Now I have to watch that over and over. But <laughs> it is what it is. But either way, it, exciting fight or at least exciting finish. It ended in violent fashion like we assumed it would. Um, so that was the main card, uh, pretty much. So, I mean, other than the fight that we shall not mention, all of these other fights were pretty entertaining. Um uh, so going on to the prelims, um, this one. yeah, Paulo Costa and Uriah Hall. Um, this might have been fight of the night for me. It should have been fight of the night. Yeah, this this and this Uriah out his fifty thousand dollars. Who did Nobody. get fight of the night? I didn't know. Performance of the night: uh, Pettis, Roundtree, Cormier, and uh, Costa. What? This was the easy fight of the night. Danny Wallen. But <laughs> um yeah, this this fight was crazy. Um real back and forth, really high pace. Dudes are just throwing, trying to kill. Well, but Uriah Hall was trying to be a bit more methodical. Uh, Costa was trying to take heads and body. Um Yeah, man, it, it was just a violent back and forth fight. Um Uriah Hall I don't know what the stats were, but he threw that jab like 80 times. Dude, first at round. one point, he threw it eight <laughs> times in a row, and they all landed. Yeah, like, Costa, I don't know if you were just, like, trying to be gladiator and just keep watching for it, but, dude, he ate a lot of jabs. Um, and you could tell after a while, man, they, they was he was starting to feel them. I, I, I think for the first couple, he might have got through just off adrenaline, but after a while, I'm pretty sure those started to hurt, like, because... Uriah had some some snap on those jazz, man. He was landing them just at will. 
Um, but yeah, man, just really good back and forth fight. Uh, I think what Costa did pretty good aside from just hitting crazy hard, um, in the moments where he would catch Uriah on the fence, um, good job of just mixing it up, going from head to body. I mean, he was ripping body shots, like ripping body shots. When Uriah actually did drop him in the second round, he was just too tired to do anything. Yeah. But, like, just Ghost had invested so heavily in the body. And, and yeah, it, 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 and it paid off. But yeah. <laughs> he caught Uriah with, like, four nut shots. Like, because there were a couple of them they didn't call. Like, he got, he caught the kick. He caught a couple of grazes that they didn't call, and then they ended up calling the one that they, you know, they stopped for a while. But yeah, Uriah, Uriah almost his family jewels almost didn't make it out intact. <laughs> but yeah, he he dropped Costa, but like you said, he, he couldn't follow up. He just looked pretty exhausted, and it, I mean, it made sense. They they were going they were throwing at a really high pace, um, just wild what? back and forth fight, but. Oh. Uh, you're right. You're right. You got. He got. He got caught okay. back against the cage. He um. He ate. He ate some hands <laughs> for his troubles. Um, was it an uppercut that I, dropped I'm him? Like, it was like a, it was a flurry. I can't even remember. Like a million bombs going off in Uriah's face. Yeah. <laughs> and then Uriah just dropped. Like I don't know what he got hit with, but yeah, he he just he just dropped to the floor. You know. When, Face plan is it's not a good it's not a good thing. The winning <laughs> hook, uppercut, left hook, uppercut, right hand, right hand, jab, left hook, left hook. Jesus. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it was like one of those super punch out combos. <laughs> Alright. Left hook rocks him. Okay. Uh yeah. Right hand, right uppercut, left hook. Okay, sound. God. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was. In real yeah. time, I was like, "Is he gonna stand on the feet?" And no, he might have. He should have. Yeah, it was. It was bad. He he, he ate a lot, and the, those were the moments that cost you the most when he would just get caught with his back against the cage. Like he would, Costa would just tee right. off like, on this, him. This and... has been Uriah's problem his whole career, where he's just like he he's really bad at moving left and right. It's the JDS syndrome. <laughs> but unlike JDS, he actually does it, but he's really bad at it. Like he, because yeah. of like he he keeps his hands low and his head straight up in the air, and he like moves out of the stance to move. Like he tends to get caught with a left hook, just moving out of the way. It's how Chris Weidman beat like knocked him out. It's how Costas Filippo beat him on the regional scene. It's how um, what's his name Brunson. Learn by now. Like, Actually, I think that's what started. Didn't Costa before the finish? He caught him with a nasty yeah, left. Just like right in front of him. Like Uriah was just too tired to do anything. Yeah, he. Yeah, but th- this was definitely fight of the night, man. It was really violent back and forth. Like I said, they they both had moments. Uriah dropped him. Costa stunned him, but eventually finished him. Like I said, Uriah Hall threw eighty thousand jabs and landed seventy nine thousand of them. <laughs> like it, it, it was a bloody, just a, a fun back and forth 
uh, fight between both, but Costa, he's, he's dude's just really vicious, just really tenacious, and you know, mixing it well with the head and body, ended up getting the finish. So he continues his little streak. Um, Middleweight prospect. Much needed. More, uh, I, I can't even call them tough dads. These are young dads <laughs> who will grow to be tough dads, but you know, hey, Gerald Mirashard. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Shout outs to to Costa. He, he got the finish, so you know he'll he'll be moving up. Uh, I think Adesanya said he wanted the winner of this don't fight. Do so way. don't 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 waste two against each other. Yeah, as as fun and as violent as it could be, you know, middleweight yeah, needs some of the barrel middleweight. Yeah. Yeah, let let them go on separate paths and maybe let them meet in like a contender fight or something down the line. But but either way though, if that fight does happen, I'm still gonna watch because it's gonna be violent yeah. and fun. But uh, Costa got the W, um, so shouts to him. Pretty vicious finish. Uh, on to the next fight, uh, Rafael Asuncao and Rob Font once again. Stokes, why did you bet? Sunset's going to have 20 UFC wins at Bantamweight, and he still won't get a title shot. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, props to Rob Font, man. This is a big step up in competition. Um, easily the best fighter he's probably ever faced. Um, but a Sunset going to Sunset, man. Like, dude is... He... They mentioned this during the broadcast. Like he, he doesn't give you. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, so he doesn't give you a ton to work with. Like, and to beat him, you. Fawn is a good striker, but he's primarily a boxer, and he doesn't have a ton much else really. Going for him in terms of like an, a well-rounded offense, and so unless you're somebody, who's just gonna like recklessly engage and get into like a shootout with him. A guy like a Sun Tao who who's not gonna do that. Like he's not gonna give you a or ton of. Think him. Right, like there's it's not a lot you can do with a guy like a Sun Tao. Like it's, it's not a lot you can do. He he's well rounded. He he's fast on the feet. He's just as good as anybody else on on the feet. Clearly on the ground, this fight was one sided. <laughs> in the moments where Sun Tao would take him down, so it was just. A sun sal gonna sun sal. I don't even really know much else to say. Like he, like, it, like low key, like a sun sal hits really hard, like really, really hard. Because was this the fight? Am I mixing up? Did yeah, he drop fun? That that quick like flip, yeah, that right hand over the top. <laughs> like that, there's a reason. Like a sun sal, all of a sun sal's fights are like these slow paced like burner fights. Like low flame, uh, what you call it? It's because he hits really hard, and like if you eat two or three of those, you you kind of pick up on the and the guy isn't like pressing the action. You kind of take your foot off the pedal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Matthew Lopez knockout didn't come out of nowhere. It's because the sun south can crack. Um. Mm. Probably doesn't do it enough for most people's likings, but like, dude's just hella smart. 
Like he he's found a game where he can still operate as a top ten fighter at thirty five years old and having fought for like fourteen years. Like he's a fantastic job of like Font would land with a jab and Sun Sao would realize, oh, if he's landing with the jab, that means he's in range if I take one step and throw my right hand. And then he would make Font pay for landing the jab. And then that would, dis- that would disincentivize Font from throwing the jab anymore. Like, it's just simple stuff like that. And it, it's stuff that comes with years and years and years of experience. This man is 11 and 2 at Bantamweight, by the way. I mean, mm. I guess technically uh, 11 and 1, and or 10 and 1, I guess, if you count the Matthew Lopez coming in as a catch weight. But, like, and the people he's yeah. beaten Johnny Eduardo, he beat TJ Dillashaw, he beat Pedro Munoz, he beat Brian Curroy, he beat Aljamain Sterling, he beat Marlon Marais, Matthew Lopez, and Ronald Rob Font. Like, he has this, I'll give him the second best active um, resume at 135 right now. Yeah, give the man a big fight. Like, <laughs> why isn't he fighting if like... If he beats um, uh, Garbrandt and Cruz isn't ready, just let him fight uh, DJ again. Just run, yeah. the, um, run the trilogy fight. Get it out the way. Because, let's be real, TJ's going to win that fight. Because I think TJ's operating a totally different level. Yeah, yeah. He, he from that first fight, he <laughs> leaps right. and bounds. Not even the same um, dude. Just, just get the fight out the way. I, like, I get it. You guys don't want, like, throw it on the co-main event. Throw it on Fox or ESPN. Do your five rounds. You know, you, you, you get the whole, um, because I don't think TJ's going to put him away. If he does, it's going to be like a fifth-round stoppage. So you get your whole 25-minute broadcast. You get your overrun. I know that's important to, like, TV execs and wherever. You know, it'll, it'll be a fine fight. Might not light the house on fire, but whatever. But, like, just give the man his title shot. Yeah. Other than that, he's just going to keep beating up for your... <laughs> he's gonna be beating up on everybody right. else, and like he'll eventually stop. Like he has to get old eventually, or older yeah. anyway. Or at least give him like a. If you're not gonna give him a title shot, can can he fight like Lineker or? They, I don't they, know. They I don't have know. To give him those fights because I don't know. I, I guess they're afraid to. to waste that, yeah, he'll stifle. Yeah. yeah. He'll send somebody back down the ladder that they want coming up. But yeah, get get the man a title shot. Like he's on like that Matt Brown run, that Brown head, but his competition was a lot better. I don't know, but yeah, get 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 the get the man a title shot. And get a second shot at GSP. <laughs> this is like down ten to me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 wild. It's wild. But shout out to Sunsau, man. The dude is just he's like the silent killer. Nobody mentions his name, but if you know, you know. He's he's 
he'll, he'll give you the business. He'll, he'll get you out of here. But um, shout out to him. Got a uh, unanimous decision win. Uh, next fight, Drake are close. Lando Venata. Um, good job on Drake Carr for kicking Lando's shin until it almost fell off. Uh, <laughs> Venata had a few moments. You know, he, he's a wild dude. Pretty, pretty dynamic. Um, yeah, he had a few of those moments where he was to be able to create enough distance to do something kind of crazy, but Close had just a really good game plan and just kind of executed as, as well as, you know, you, you could against Venata. Um, he can throw, too. Like, dude's really, really, really talented. Um, yeah, he, he kind of, I'm going to say stifles Venata, but... <laughs> Kind of, kind of, sort of did. Like, <laughs> especially early on, anytime um, Venata would try to close distance, because that's like they were talking about. Oh, Venata needs range, and he needs like all this, like you know, give him distance, and he'll make you pay. But Venata is really best when he is like in that mid short range where he can fire off like I'm, I'm gonna call them like those TJ Dillashaw uh, style exchanges. Where like he's moving around on the inside, but he doesn't do it as cleanly or as like well. His, his attack pattern is as well thought out as Dillashaw's is. Um, like at range, all he has to offer are like those spinning kicks. Like he's he's not like a very good jab. He's not a very good boxer from distance. Like, they're just giant holes in his game. And I, props to Close, because uh, him and his team realized that and were just like, yeah, no, we're going to, anytime you try to close distance, we're just going to grab you. Or if you're at distance, that means your leg is, go like, there to be kicked because you're going to try and turn. Because that's all Venata does at distance. He, he tries to go for the spinning shit. So what do you do? You kick his front leg because that's where all the weight's going to be. Yeah, he kicked that bad boy repeatedly. Dude, I, <laughs> like, I, I was so happy about that because, like, you'll, you'll get the dudes who, like, they find success with the leg kick and then they're like, okay, time to move on to something else. Nah, Close was just like, fuck it, we're going to go 15 minutes of me kicking you right in the leg. Right. His shin almost fell off in the third. Like, surprised <laughs> he was even still standing on it. But, yeah, man. So Close's beat, oh, his last fight was the the... Uh, Mark, uh, was it DKC or was it? Um, I think was was it? Uh, what's his name? I thought it was DKC. I could be wrong. Uh, Tamara, no Taylor, no Tamara. <laughs> 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 we have to, you have to fight Jakar Close. I assume. <laughs> 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 Don't you know that's Jakar Close? <laughs> but, yeah man just good 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 just really good performance from jakar man he really he just kind of shut lando down that man. Was, it was a professional performance that's what this pro yeah, that's what being that was, a pro is all about that's somebody i look at at that performance i'm like you definitely listen to your coaches you did everything they told you to do because that was about as, as close as a picture perfect shutout as you could do without getting the finish so yeah, shout shout outs to to close man. That was that was an awesome performance. Um, 
And hopefully we'll see Lando back. I'm still always down for a Lando fight just because he's, he's a wild guy. But, you know, close, man. And these lightweights, just killers and great fighters, just every which direction. Right? This is a vision where you can pull a dude off the regional scene and he beats the top ten dude just because he's that good. Why can't we just do a UFC pay-per-view and just have it be a lightweight tournament? Or not even a lightweight tournament, just like an all-lightweight card. The UFC just... hits fun. And if the UFC was to put all their lightweight fights on one card, like then all the rest of their cards would probably suck. They, they need the lightweights yeah. to carry these cards. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, you got you to spread the love out a little bit. But, um... Yeah, shout-out to Jakar Close, man. Really, really awesome performance. Um, and rounding out the prelims uh, was Curtis Melinda. Well, actually, this was the start of the prelims. But uh, Curtis Melinda and Max Griffin. I really like watching Melinda fight. He's hella fun. He has, um, the be- he has one of the best step-in knees in MMA. Bro, he was. And I, I was wondering because in, in the first round, like, Max was doing really good with pressure. I think he took him down a couple times. But, bro, after he ate a couple of them stepping knees, and I think he almost got decapitated with a head kick, that he, he blocked it, but I, I think it put him on notice. That pressure kind of wilted a little bit. Like, he... I, I felt like it just kept him at bay just enough to where he, he couldn't... He couldn't get off the same pressure that he was in the first. Um, yeah, man, Melinda's just really good at just... Timing knees, like he's not doing anything really, like he's not wild. He's really calculated. He times his shots very well, um, and you could tell towards like the second and the third, he just he got a lot more comfortable. He he, he started getting off shots a bit more. He tagged him up pretty good in the third round. Um, almost thought he was going to finish him. He caught him up against the cage. He landed some really good knees in the clinch. Um, it was a fun fight. It, it was this fight was kind of what I what I hoped it would. I thought Max was going to be a bit more. I thought he was going to keep that same pressure as he did in the first, but I mean it made sense. He ate a couple of those knees, and I, I think that kind of made him a bit apprehensive. In part, just exhaustion because this man is just like the gut. Right, <laughs> and it's it's hard knees. Like he he's landing them, like just. As flush as you can, like yeah, it's 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 beautiful to just watch his his striking and his timing, man. Melinda's really really awesome to watch. Um, know what I thought about during this fight? Didn't didn't MVP beat Melinda? How would that fight go? You think if they oh, ran it back? That's a good because um, I feel like when he fought Melinda, like Melinda was still good back then, but he wasn't I'm, this guy. I'm gonna give it to MVP. MVP's strength. Lies primarily in distance. Um, oh wait, no, he was supposed to fight Melander. He fought Fernando Gonzalez and Brandon Ward. Who did he beat then? That? Oh no, he he fought Ricky, Ricky Rain. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I remember that right too. Long too. Uh, God, I thought I thought he fought Melander. Fight was supposed Cause to. Because I, I remember being, yeah, because I remember being really hyped for that fight. Cause like, oh yeah, he's finally gonna fight somebody who will like fight him back, and who's like pretty good on the feet but ah that sucks i'd be curious how melander handles somebody who fights like mvp where like all of mvp's offense comes from either like a blitz off the counter or like just being like being able to attack from range 
because I'm not sure how Melander handles like a good range fighter. Yeah. Yet. But like, yeah, but no, this was a great performance from um, well, both guys. I say because like Griffin toughed it out. Like, like you said, though, that that knee he ate up along the fence. Like it looked like it should have put him to sleep. Yeah. But he toughed that one out. But, so props to him. Is Melinda two two one zero or three zero? Two zero in the OC. Two zero. Yeah, man, I'm 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 interested to see how far he can. I'm interested to see how far he can he can go with his skill set. I'm I'm not sure how he does against like a. If he fights a high level wrestler, who will be able to put him on his back that, repeatedly? That, that seems to be the one gigantic hole in his game. Like Griffin just yeah. getting on top of him and just kind of beating him up, and him having no clue how to get up. And he said, "Yeah, yeah Cause he, he wasn't like he wasn't moving yeah. hips or anything. Like, he was just, like I just had a massive brain fart. Like, yeah, I'd get up every day. Like we do that drill every day. Like get get your hips, shrimp out. But I don't know what happened. Um, no, no, it sucks that welterweight at welterweight. Like the middle of the division is so much more interesting than the top." <laughs> and the middleman, everybody's trying to fight it out to, yeah, just kind of squirm their way in like the top ten, top yeah. fifteen. Meanwhile, at the top is just Nullifiers. weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Oh man! But uh, shout out to Melinda, man. That, that was a, a awesome performance. Just happy to see him in the UFC after watching him in Bellator and then in the LFA for the Dude, short time I kept he was there. In Bellator. So. They had something. He's long. He's rangy. He's a pretty good kicker. Like, don't don't just feed them to Brendan Ward. Bellator going maybe, Bellator. I don't know, maybe they couldn't get into <laughs> exclusive contract, and they just want to make their guys look good. But either way, he, he's here now. He's he's putting on good performances. So so shout out to him and shout out to Max Griffin, man. Just insanely tough dude, uh, gutting out those knees. Um, so moving on to the fight past prelims, there were only two fights of, um, it's crazy that this fight was on a prelim because this easily could have been, this fight could have been uh, over Gokan Saki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this was crazy. Dan Hooker and Gilbert Burns. Um, what a, what I don't a time people... to be okay. from Australia slash New Zealand. Like you got all these talented dudes just coming out of the woodwork. Showing out, <laughs> like, like really showing out. Um, I say for Burns, man, just off top, even though he lost. Really great performance. Um, both really great performance, both. But Viking has gotten so much better since he's he's gotten into the UFC. Um, because he he caught Hooker with uh, I think it was a right that kind of backed him up a little bit in the beginning. I mean, he was firing off leg kicks. He he was he was working. Uh. For the first about 30, 45 seconds, <laughs> maybe to a minute. Um, but Hooker just needed to get comfy, just needed to, you know, find that, that one opportunity. Um, that finishing sequence was pretty nasty. He caught him with a left to the body, and then he, he doubled up and took that left up top. You don't just... see that enough in MMA, man. man. That, that yeah. one side body head combo. It was it was it was nasty, it it was nasty, and he he flopped after that left boy. He he knew he was out. Dude, <laughs> uh, b- right before that sequence, um, he dropped Burns with 
I, I don't. I, I, I'm trying to remember. It was like it was like a half jab. <laughs> it was a cross, but it was like it was like the Floyd Mayweather cross where he's already turned his hips, so he's not throwing it with full power, but he's going to catch it with speed. Like because he could just flick it, like he could just flick the hand out and catch you. Yeah. And I get, he baited, he baited um, Burns to throw the overhand right, and literally right as he goes to do the wind up, he catches him with the right hand and just drops him. In real time, I didn't even realize what happened because it happened so. Like, it was like one of those anime punches. Like, <laughs> it just happened so fast. I didn't realize what like he even caught him with. It was with. like the Arlovsky Bonsanella knockout. Yeah, it was. Hooker man. He's operating, um, man. Four wins in a row, all by stoppage, quality opponents. And he, he told y'all on the post fight, man, put, some, <laughs> put that respect on his name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's out here. Told y'all, he's going to pull up on one of y'all lightweights in the parking lot. It's Joe, not going like, to be pretty. Shouts to Joey, because he suggested um, Ante Pettis versus uh, Dan Hooker. And I'm 100% for that fight. Yeah, I mean, why not <laughs> at this Dude, point? Like, yeah, man. Lightweight is so much better than all these divisions. <laughs> like, <laughs> The death and just like the rent, the the variety of fighter, the, the just the pure chaos of it all, like it, it's just breathtaking. It's, it's crazy to think because I don't remember who I was talking uh, with this about, but somebody had brought up like Jens Pulver's name, and I just took a trip back in time. It's crazy how like way back then, like these weight classes did not get. Like any kind of attention, I'm not gonna say any kind of attention, but like there, at one point there was no lightweight mm-hmm. division. Like at, Dude, one, at one point, point there was a lightweight division and they got rid of it. Right, and they scrapped it. Like, and now it's literally, and it's not even just the UFC. This is pretty much across all major organizations. Like lightweight is king. Like this is where all of the best talent lies. Like. <laughs> Across every this single is the promotion. Of the UFC. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these are your most talented, most exciting, like, fighters from the guy at the top all the way to, like, number, like, 200. <laughs> like, everybody's just really good. It's, it's insane. Um, but, yeah, this, this is an awesome performance, really, from both fighters. Uh, just unfortunate for Burns. Like, he, he started out really good, but... You know, Dan Hooker going he, to... He's gonna time now, man. Yeah, he's, just, he's out here. It's, it, this was his time to shine, and he, he did it. Right, if, you got, um, if you want proof so that, yeah. like, you know, cutting weight just ain't worth it, or cutting a lot of weight just ain't worth it, Dan Hooker. Like, yeah, he, he was fun at 145. Like, he, he always looked like he was going to get pushed around because he's just not that physically strong a dude. He just stopped cutting weight, and all of a sudden, he's a killer. Right. Okay. Same for uh ah what was the the Go other ahead. dude uh no um was it Matthews Jake yeah. Matthews who was cutting the fifty five when he <laughs> had no business being at fifty five now he's at one seventy yeah, he handles like business. a middleweight like right <laughs> so yeah man like I I hope 
I, I hope, and maybe we're on that trajectory because I, I, I think more people are waking up to it. It's slowly that like the weight cut just isn't. It's, it's not, not worth, worth it, putting like, your whole camp on making weight instead of getting better. Right. And like now we've seen it with guys like Hooker. It, it was super evident with Poirier. Like he, it's day and night between his him at featherweight and him at lightweight. Rumble. Like. DC. Right. <laughs> like, there's so many examples now. Like, just cutting with the weight is not worth it, man. Like, just fight at your natural weight class. Your your talent, your 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 talent and your skill set. If it's good enough, it's gonna get you where you want to exactly. go. I, I think the only people who I kind of feel bad for, and I think I talked to this with another friend of mine. Um. I feel bad for kind of guys like Adesanya who like I can't envision him going up or going down because he's he's way too small to go to light heavyweight and I don't even know what he has to cut to drop the 170 if he would ever try. <laughs> so he's yeah, just like, there are dudes stuck. like that. Like they're stuck in that that, that weird yeah. like John McDessey's a dude who I thought if he came out like 5 years earlier he probably would have been a featherweight or 5 years later I should say he probably would have been a featherweight and probably would have held uh he probably would have been a top ten fighter there, like in my eyes, but like he, he's just too small for lightweight. So Anthony yeah. Jokwani can just kick him from halfway across the cage, and he, he, there's nothing he can do about it. Like there, there, just, there are those guys, but like there are so few and far between. Is is just unfortunate. Yeah. So fight in your weight class, man. It'll. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I ain't a fighter, so I don't know what it's like to really cut weight. Um, I mean, I try to lose weight, but that's a different story. But, <laughs> you know, clearly the results are showing. If you, if you just fight at your natural weight class, man, if, if you're talented, you'll you'll be good, man. You'll 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 be just fine. So shout out to Dan Hooker um, and Gilbert Burns. I'm I'm still looking forward to seeing him again. But Hooker's here, man. He's he's here. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward if they give him a a, a big name. Uh, no, not even a big name. Top just 10 dude. Give him, yeah, give him a top ten, and let's let, let's see what he can do. Um, and the last fight, which I feel bad for, because as always with the last fight, um, this is when my memory fatigue <laughs> kicks in. Um, Emily Whitmire and Jamie Moyle. I don't remember a ton of this fight, uh, much at all, to be honest. There's a little brief moment I remember. Of Moyle being on top and landing ground and pound or something like that, but I, I don't remember this fight in a ton of detail. So I was out like, uh, like three minutes before the fight started. I decided I wanted pizza, so I walked to the pizzeria. I was watching this fight on my phone. Um, I can't remember any of it. Well, that's something. Yeah, I, I remember Whitmire uh, giving Moyle trouble with the jab. It's like constantly pumping it in her face. And then Moyle decided, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to just follow her jab back and just throw, like, 30 punches. And I remember that. I don't remember what happened after that. Um, but I do remember her po- uh, Emily uh, Whitmire's post-fight interview. Which oh, yeah. Which is an <laughs> A-plus performance where she calls Vinny Magalhaes a piece of shit. <laughs> because, according to her, Vinny promised... Uh, Vinny told her... That she would not, he would not train Jamie Moyle, because apparently her and Vinny were like 
close or friends or something. And then she told him to go fuck himself after the fight because he saw because he was in her cor- he was in Moyle's corner. So A plus performance from Whitmire. Hope she gets a title shot off it. Um, <laughs> These corner men ain't loyal. <laughs> oh man, yeah that that was one of the best post fight uh, call outs I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she she put him on on Front Street, just that bold with it too. Like she she was. She had she had a chest out with it. Fire Whitmire for nothing, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Shout out to Whitmire. Um, I'm just gonna assume it was a solid performance because I honestly don't remember it. But the post fight interview was was a plus. Get um, her on the commentary desk. They're right. <laughs> she, she she out she's there. Out everybody's but, dirty business. <laughs> so. Shout out to, to Emily Whitmire. Uh, got a uh, unanimous decision. So, yeah, man, that was UFC 226. Um, this card was awesome for, for, for me. Like I said, it, I, I was excited. Uh, like, uh, aside from the Lewis and Ganu debacle, all of these fights were pretty fun. Really good matchmaking from top to bottom. Um, the card was well paced. I didn't feel like it was dragging along or I was getting tired of watching it. And then for it to end the way it did with the the Cormier knockout was just bananas. Like it, it was just crazy. So yeah, man, UFC 126 was just awesome. Just really, really awesome. Um. So yeah, covered a lot, man. That was like yeah. So we covered 226, Bellator, tough 27. Um, anything else we missing before um, we wrap up? Any other cards or anything else that went down? Uh, not that I can think of that people would probably be interested in. Um, uh, and Lenny Z fight. Did you see that one? The match. Uh, no, uh, I did it not. It was amazing. I... Lenny Z might be the toughest motherfucker walking the earth. Cause he got his ass kicked. They just kept coming back, like full on, you know, blood mask and everything. If you didn't catch the fight live, go catch it, like on Daily Motion or YouTube or wherever the hell you can find it. it might be on ESPN Plus if you got that. Um, it's a great fight. But other than that, I got nothing. Yeah. So I guess we will uh, just. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> Before we get to part and shot and shout outs. We oh, do right. have questions, um, which um, I'm trying to get my Tumblr page to uh, load. I know. All right, hold up. I got, I got, I got the wheel spinning right now. We're getting there. Um, but shout outs to you guys who did send in questions. Um, I always try to make a post before, like an hour or so before we start recording, so you guys can send in questions. But as always, I mean, if you have them. Just on the whim, you can send them to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Or if you just see me out and about in the Twitter streets, um, just hit me up if you got a question and just let me know it's for the show and I'll uh, just save your question for the show. It's like worse than like the hood. Uh, <laughs> like, like, I, I can't imagine anything being more terrible. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a... I feel like it'd be different. It wouldn't be like violent, but it would just be like gangs of people Screaming just at each other. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's just it's the it's the biggest argument on earth, but it's just it's literally following you everywhere you go. My God, my laptop pays me. This Tumblr page will not load. Uh, all right, okay. so we got two from Tumblr, or well, three technically. Um, one. Uh, from Mini Adventure Pal. <laughs> um, you got a podcast? Yes. Question, Question mark. mark. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> you're listening to it right now, hopefully. I, ho- I hope you're enjoying. Um, se- uh, second question. Also, when will Throws from the Clinch get cool again? Um, I answered this question on Tumblr. But I I, I think I answer with you guys, and throws from the clinch will get cool again when John Jones puts the needle down. Mm. <laughs> I don't even have a follow up for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the closest thing we can get now from throws. I mean, we we get trips every now and again, but um. Maybe Kayla Harrison. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched, I, I checked her fight out in PFL finally. Well, no, she, um, yeah, she definitely. I mean, she has she's, the potential to throw anybody. So, if, yeah. if, if you want to see, yeah, if you want to see Kill Harrison like uh, bitch toss some soccer moms, <laughs> that, that's coming to you real yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah, she's a uh, somebody to keep an eye, an eye out on. So they'll they'll become cool again, man. We we got to cyclical. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> if we're patient enough, so, so somebody will bring them back. But um, yeah, shout outs to to Mini Adventure Pal. Um, all right, there we go. I finally got the page to load. Um, all right, I got it to load, but it's a different question. If it will let me scroll up, so I can actually. Oh, all right, there we go. All right. <laughs> so the champagne nigga. <laughs> um, he has like four questions. Or. Something like that. All right, so we'll just stop from the top. All right, so uh, first question. With that pitiful... Uh, bleh, start that over. With that pitiful performance, and I love that guy, but damn, <laughs> what do you think should be in Ganu's next fight? Um, or the loser of uh, JDS Bogoyevanov. Yeah, um, I, I like... As much as I don't want to see Struve get killed, um, I would say Struve... I like the Strew fight because, uh, you know, Strew will kick. They'll it, hopefully it will be a lot more active than him and uh, Lewis was. It's it's a fight that would I, would be somewhat competitive. Like Strew will at least have some kind of offense. Um, like for all, like against the better judgment of like Strew's body, that man does not have like any type of fear. So, right. <laughs> so <laughs> so that. He's got that going for him. Um, and it's a fight that, like, for all intents and purposes, like, Nganu should win that fight. So it's, like, it's the perfect rebound. Like, you, you'll you get to see where his head is at. It's somebody who will at least put up an offense, but somebody who Nganu should beat. And if he doesn't win that fight, then we, you know, that, that's a then we're, then we're in, like, Sakaju territory. So good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't want to go there. <laughs> but, 
Um, so yeah, I, I like the Strew fight. Um, his next question is: Khalil Roundtree ready for the top of the division? No. At two oh five, I don't know who's ready for what. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. Is the top of the division ready for the top of the division? I don't even. I don't know who's I mean, ready for what. Like, if we're just going based on like who's in the UFC, maybe. Like if we're including like Phil Davis and like Ryan Bader, probably not. Yeah. Like um, I could see dude just melting like Glover Teixeira. You know what I mean? I could also see Glover Teixeira yeah. just taking him down with no issue and submitting him in like two seconds. Yeah, two o five is just—it's really weird. Um, I guess I would probably say no. I don't think he's ready for the top yet. But at the same time, sure it's like ready to be honest. Yeah, he—he's just one of those guys. He might just knock a few people out, people out, and find his way there. But. Yeah, as soon as he run into somebody who's just, just well-rounded, even in the most basic of ways, as long as they can avoid not getting their head taken off, there's not much else I think he'll be able to to offer to anybody. Because like, his gas tank isn't the best. Um, and like I said, outside of striking, I don't think you really have a ton to worry about. So like I said, against a guy like Glover, if they can manage not to get cracked, even against a guy like, like OSP... Um, even dudes like uh, what's what's my man's name? Jan uh, uh, Blahowicz, uh, how do you say his last name? Um, yeah, I don't know if he's ready for the top. Like, I don't, I don't think he'll make it there. But then again, two o five is two o five. Three three knockouts from now, he might <laughs> he might be like number this seven in the world. Who knows? <laughs> right. So <laughs> he he could realistically find himself up there but i i don't think he's ready but you know 205 gonna 205 who, I mean, who knows eventually this division uh, only have like 12 people in it right <laughs> so you never know and uh i think his last question uh platinum's win was a nice one for him but it seems to me like it was just too big for felder next in line y- yancy Madero's once he gets healthy or what um Sure, why not? I, I like I the mean, fight. I, I want to pair this fight somebody come up for one. Like, Madero's just got knocked out for the first time in his career after, um, like, how many wars in a row? Like, there was the old era fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's been into some. What about, um, um, trying to think. Oh, no, Perry fought. Did Perry fight Joe Bond? He fought yeah, Joe Bond already, Joe right? Bond, uh, beat him, I think. What about Perry Melinda? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I say that. Yeah. Perfect. Perry Let's do it. <laughs> Kim, Let's Kim do it. Like with uh, Perry's like pace and uh, pressure. Kim Melinda deal with Perry's raw aggression. Uh, can Perry deal with the pace like twenty times in a row? Right. It's perfect. So yeah. He 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 has some options, I think, at, at welterweight. A, a few people, but yeah, I, I like the Melinda fight. I think that's a good stylistic matchup, and uh, I think that fight ends in in pretty violent fashion. Somebody's going to sleep, or or at least getting rocked pretty hard. Um, so yeah, I I, I will go with that. I mean, I think those are all of the questions. No, 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 no. Oh, we got one. There's more. Oh, well, see, my screen froze, so I can't. <laughs> 
Okay, see. Don't know if I missed the ball, but I like it. Who surprised you the most from both a negative and positive standpoint this weekend? Um, negative mm. I, I mean, I'm going to say Nagato. Like, yeah, I, I, I think. Similar style performance out there, Cruz, because like he, he's not the dude to set the pace. He's the reaction dude. Like we didn't even get a jab out of Engano. That's how bad it was. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's consensus. Like this this fight going in, like I just had so many questions. Like, all right, how's he gonna rebound? How's he gonna look? And then, like, I see him at the weigh-ins. He's looking real slim and I'm, or looking a little bit leaner. I'm like, okay, so he's obviously taking heed to, you know, I'm pretty sure what a lot of people told him. You can't walk around with all this tons of muscle and expect to go a hard three rounds or five rounds without gassing out. So, but, yeah, just this is not the rebound performance. This wasn't even a performance. He just showed up. Like, <laughs> he didn't perform. He didn't do anything. Like, yeah, that that... That's definitely the most disappointing uh, by far. Um, most impressive. Surprisingly impressive. Most surprisingly. It was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Surprising. Most surprisingly. I want to say Adesanya, but I don't know if I was surprised, really. I was just... I. I wasn't sure if he would pull it off, but I, I can't say I was shocked that he did, even though I didn't think it would be that one-sided. Um, I don't know. I feel like I give this to a couple people. Like, it's hard. A lot of people really showed out yeah. this weekend. Like, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Like, I, I guess I would say Adesanya because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if this was too big of a step up. And even though I could picture him winning that fight, I didn't think it would be that one-sided. Like, Tavares didn't really, honestly, have, like, much of a chance. Like, he, he got he got abused <laughs> pretty bad. Um, I can't say Dan Hooker. His was, that was just, a, just a, a lot of people. <laughs> There's so many people showed up. I guess if I had to pick one, um... You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. Um, I'm going to say Mike Perry because our biggest criticisms of Perry, I think, on this podcast has been, like, for all the talent and power that he has, he's just, he's super reckless. And it's just, like, you have to know that that style is not going to, sure, it'll keep you in fun fights, and the organization will probably keep you around for a while just because they, they know what, you know, kind of violence you'll bring. But, yeah, bro, you're not gonna make it to any title fights like doing like that, like because you, you, your record won't be consistent enough because eventually you'll just be too reckless and you'll somebody's just gonna catch you eventually. Um, so I'll say Perry. Like I didn't think he was gonna be so. I, I knew that fight would be violent, but I thought it would be way more reckless than it was. But Perry was he was a lot more contained than I thought he would be. He he really followed his game plan. He really stuck to it the whole time. He never. And he never really deviated away from the game plan. Like, even when he would get hit or get caught with something, he never went into, like, that berserk mode that we've seen him do in all of his other fights. So I'll say Mike Perry for making adjustments that I didn't think he would make so soon. And they were, like, very apparent. 
So I'll I'll say Mike Perry. Um, since you took Perry, um, like I, I want to say DC, but like I, I feel like we knew DC can crack. We've seen it before. And like I think when we when this fight was made, we were both like, yeah, no, DC's gonna win. Uh, so I'm not gonna. Like I said, I'm surprised by the Roundtree performance, so I'm not. Um, so, like, I go down the list, and... Like, Jakar Close, like... I'm not surprised he won, like... Because, like, we've been saying, Venata's a really flawed dude. And, honestly, we saw him do this to somebody else, who is kind of like Venata, and uh, Mark Casey. Oh, like him take a decision over a dude. Basically, is like, um, it's very similar to. Guys that Adesanya won. Uh, it's tough. Um, it comes down to two people for me. It's because like I didn't think he had it in him to hurt somebody anymore. All his athleticism had left him. Like, a former self. Like, that second round came around and he looked like the Antipes Road who could march you down and not, like, hurt you. Um, so, like, him. And, um, someone we didn't get to talk about. So, uh, the Jericho. Uh, you, did you catch that fight at all? No, nah, nah, I gotta go back and uh and uh, check that one out. Julian Marquez, it was a really good fight. Um, it didn't win fight of the night because I think Marquez missed weight. Um, yeah, Marquez missed weight. He came out like one eighty nine or something. It weighed at one ninety. God damn. Jesus Christ. But he, uh, yeah, Marquez. Uh, I'm surprised because the style that Marquez fights in uh, is kind of a cheat code. Like one thing about MMA fighters, they they suck at handling pressure fighters. Like if you are a pressure fighter with a good chin, odds are you are, and you're fighting like low level competition. Odds are you're gonna win because like just dudes are not like most of the dudes who take up MMA like they come from like backgrounds where like you, you don't deal with pressure fighters and like the Jericho like the, for me the, this is like when um Alan Joe Bam beat um Mike Perry. It was just a really smart, really tactical, really um, thorough performance on DeCherico's part where he used his kicks and he, uh, he you know, was able to throw off uh, Marquez, get him to stop throwing at him, long enough for him to get his offense off and get some takedowns in there. I know some people had Marquez win the fight, but I thought DeCherico had done enough to win two 
want. Um, and for me, like, like the difference between that Joe Ban fight and this fight is that I thought like we knew Joe Ban was capable was capable of putting that type of performance together. I wasn't I didn't think that Jericho had that type of like game in him. He could just like outkick and this is going to pressure him and who throws hella hard and can finish him anywhere. So I'm gonna go with lesser than Jericho because like that's surprising to me. It, it, it separates. It, Separate them from the other middle of the road middleweights. I have to go back and uh and give that give that a look. Yeah, I, I would have watched yeah. it, but it just it was only yeah, too late. I to... went to sleep. I think that was <laughs> the last fight I sleep. saw before I was like, you know, I gotta go work tomorrow. Yeah, I have to make those uh hood decisions, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, so shout out to everybody, man, who's sending questions. We really appreciate it. Um, like I said, as always, man, if you got questions, whether you comment on the post or on Twitter or at any time, you can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com um, and we'll just answer them on the show. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it for today. So we can go to uh, parting shots and shout outs. Um, I will give a shout out to Ong Song and Ken is it Hasegawa. Um, these two gentlemen fought at one championship maybe uh, about a week or so ago. Well, actually, it might have been more than that. Um, either who, uh, these two gentlemen fought at, at one uh, championship for the middleweight title. Um, it was probably one of the best fights this year. Um, just really just five round just slugfest um Hasegawa has a chin that's out of this world I don't know how he ate so many of those shots that he did but um dude those two just they just threw down man for five rounds it was really awesome and then the the finish man on the song uh catches him with a walk-off pretty much a walk-off uppercut um just perfect way to end the fight it was really crazy probably one of one championships best fights ever so if you did not get a chance to catch that um angla song and ken hasagawa give that fight a look man that that fight was was really really awesome so just shout outs to one championship and shout outs to those gentlemen um shout outs uh, do i want to shout out the world cup yeah i'm gonna shout out the world cup because i got my feelings hurt when mexico lost to Brazil, and then Brazil lost to Belgium. So, hi. There you go. Shout out to Belgium. Um, and I don't think I got any sh- have any shots. Um, I feel like every week I think I have a shot. Somebody pisses me off, and then I forget about why they got me angry. So I just let them live because I can't remember. So um, yeah, I'm I'm cool. I don't have any other any other shots. Um. I might have shot them out last time, but or we might have talked about it last time. I I can't remember two weeks ago. I can't remember yesterday. Um, that was to uh, Johnny Hendricks and Rashad Evans, UFC champions who are calling it quits. I, I don't believe for a second that neither one will be back, but I, I feel uh, like I, they should be gone for like a year or two or whatever. At the least, and you know, it, 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 they both been doing this for a minute, 
and I know how hard it is to leave something you've done so for so long. Um, just because you just eat anymore. Guess it was because you know it was a lot of self-inflicted infliction, like you know you've been cutting weight in this shitty manner for like thirteen years, like. You should have picked up that, you know, you should, you should have been eating clean and, you know, doing your dieting and stuff like that, but, as well as, um, man, for Evans, like, Joey pointed this out to me, like, before that knee injury, after he beat Sonnen, like, Evans looked fine, like, he looked like a competent, like, heavyweight, but once he came back, like, it was just, it just, he looked done. He, he just looked completely spent. Like two, he, 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 there was a two-year break after um he beat Sonnen, and when he came back, he lost to Bader, he lost to Shashara, and Kelly, and Alvin Smith. Like he, he got progressively worse after that. So, like it, yeah. that sucks because in in the light heavyweight division of twenty fourteen, he could have fought for the title realistically. All right. And it it sucks to see him walk away because like he was just one of those guys that when I really started getting into MMA like that was the era that was kind of like the start for me. So it's 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 almost like the same in like basketball when I see dudes like uh shoot like when when Tim Duncan went out the door like this these are slowly the last of an era that like these are the guys I grew up watching and now <laughs> they're slowly they're slowly fading away man. Uh, they're slowly one by one. Shogun's still around here somehow. But, <laughs> like, all those guys, man, they're slowly, they're, 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 their era's done. It's, it's, you know. But I hope he, he you know, I, I think he would still do good as, like, an analyst. He can he can still be around the sport. I'm pretty sure he has plenty of knowledge to pass on to, to, to other fighters, uh, you know, and such, so. Yeah, yeah, he'll 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 be fine. But yeah, that that does suck. Like you've been fighting your whole life at a high level, and now it's just you can't do it anymore. Um, or do we think does does he get one of those Bellator calls? Or <laughs> do we think he's really done? He's done. Um, I don't think I don't think he's done with his UFC contract. Like I think once you retire, they can freeze your contract. Um, so you would have to go to UFC and ask to be released. And I'm not sure they would do that. I'm not sure he, like he's not like Musashi or um, Rory Mack. He does like he has a gig with the UFC. But well, actually, he might not have one moving forward because they're moving to ESPN. And yeah. who knows what happens to the desk after that? Um. Mm. But. Best of luck yeah. to him, though, man. Best of luck, man. He he definitely a legend in the sport. Um, one of the, the you know back when two hundred five <laughs> was the division, if you can believe it or not. Like he was one of those guys, man. He was he was one of those guys. Um, so yeah, shout outs to him. Um, I do have actually one last shout out because I finally got uh, my computer to stop hating me. Um, I forgot to mention the top cities, and the reason I have to give a shout out is because we have a return. To number one, Cairo, Egypt. <laughs> Cairo, Egypt. Back at number one. 
Uh, number two city was Reading, Pennsylvania. <laughs> number three was Istanbul, Turkey. Number four was Salisbury, India. And number five was Lagos, Nigeria. Pennsylvania? See, I always uh, wanted yep. to go to Reading because they had the pagoda there. I always wanted to visit that. Well, or is it Reading, Pennsylvania? My bad. It's Reading, Pennsylvania. Well, I don't know how y'all guys say it. I'm not from there. But <laughs> it's spelled like Reading. It's Reading. And then we also had at number six, Jonasburg, uh, South Africa. So, shout outs to the, uh, you know, the, the, the foreign listeners, everybody out there. Egypt, y'all better stay around, man. Don't don't give me this number one spot and then next week you're just not here. Did I apologize to so, Egypt on the last podcast? I said something about them. I, have, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if apologize is the word. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I don't know if we apologize. But if we didn't, you know, like feeder country. <laughs> yeah. If we didn't, you know, sincerest apologies to to, to Egypt. We hope you guys stick around. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, this has been a another episode of the Dodo Talk podcast. Um, as always, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, and um, yeah, it's been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, when people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And we will catch you guys next time. Peace.